Well, we are back, huh? We're back at the Nine Club, everybody. Today, we have a very special. Special. Oh, I thought you were going to do one. That's <laughs> yeah, Matt Price on the show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you interrupt. I'm sorry. No, you're good, bro. That's it. I thought maybe I was going to get a special, like just one. Just that's it. The lowest amount Well, you of got two. How about that? I'm sorry, you did. You're the first one to get two, I think. That's true. Uh, you can keep talking. <laughs> Seven years, two. Matt Price, it is. I think I'm just gonna the the whole intro's changed because you've been on the show. Okay, it's all changed. No, but dude, how are you, dude? Thanks so much for. I'm you want good. me to do it again? You want the three special, special, special? No, you could just. I want you to say today we just have a guest called Matt. Oh, Could that be my intro. <laughs> called Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, like, what do you want me to do? Some like Lex Friedman, like. Today's show, we have a acclaimed photographer on the show, Matt Price. He's shot a lot of photos from the skateboard mag. He's worked with very uh, accomplished Mm -hmm. photographers like Mm -hmm. Atiba Jefferson. Thank you. Today we'll be discussing a lot about photography and his rise to fame in the skateboarding industry. Please enjoy this episode of Matt Price. It does sound like Lex Friedman. That's, that was, that's, yeah. that's what that he does. Was, that was, that was good. good. It was, uh, yeah, maybe like we could try like an in, in the actor's studio, you know, James. You want me to do another line. one now? <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Like, no, no, no. We Very get... demanding guest. Yeah. Very demanding. I like this. I'm yeah. oh, sorry. <laughs> I think that was a good intro though because I want to do say at the very start of this show and I don't want to just gas you up right away, but you are an amazing photographer. I mean, just looking at the re- most recent shot of the Closer yes, magazine man. with Louis Lopez in the, it's the the trash can shot and it did kind of go viral it went vi- it was on espn and every they were people were people were reposting it. it yeah it was as close to like real life viral i think as a skate thing i've been involved with can get because skating there's like skating viral and there's like world for the for the earth viral mm-hmm. and i think it was like you know for me it was definitely the most widely shared thing and i was That's like so tripping right. on the fact that people liked it and you know mm-hmm. i was like oh there's there's a few things at play here there's like you know shapes there's like a circle there's symmetry there's like timing there's a few things because that's like when stuff from skating goes outside of skating i think it has to have a few check a few boxes mm-hmm. and you're like oh that checked the boxes it was a good For learning sure. moment you're like oh this is and then the stick obviously was like yeah. <laughs> stupid yeah <laughs> that was awesome well, yeah, was. i'm actually surprised that that has never been done before because it seems uh, very very basic no offense but it seems like a very basic shot yeah i mean it's you just put it in the for anybody listening it was a shot that was the camera was placed on the bottom of a trash can looking up and louis lopez uh kickflip yeah, uh, switch backside flip. Switch backside flip over it, and it was caught perfectly. I mean, the, you're right. The cement, cement, symmetry on there is crazy. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. That was a switch backside flip? Yeah. So, like, it's a weird frame, right? He did it kind of crazy. He caught it, like, caught it and then turned it late. Uh, yeah. So, the frame... So, what's crazy about the frame, if you saw it from another angle, his board's actually super rocket at that point because it's still really early in the switch backside flip. Mm-hmm. But because I was straight underneath, it, it's a total, like... You uh, can't tell at Yeah, all. you can't really figure, you know... Which was why Chris thought it was a kickflip. That was like a very like mom move of him. And you'd be like, the board's flipping. You're like, it was like a kickflip, right? And you're like, well, the board's upside down. I am so glad that I only did two specials for this guy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not regretting that at all. How was, did you go there to shoot a photo just like that? Or was that just randomly? No, no. Down? We were just there. It was a um, SKF, the bearing company. Uh, mm-hmm. We were shooting, the whole team was there. It was like, a, I was shooting Beatrice over the trash can first. And then Louis started skating it. Ashad was skating it. Alexis. It was a lot of people skating it at once. And like, 
I've shot at that spot a lot of times. Obviously, it's been skated for almost 30 years or something, right? Like, mm-hmm. So it's been shot a million times. And I think after shooting like the sixth photo over it that day, it was just kind of like, oh, let's like play around with something. And then Louis tried one switch backside flip, and I was like, oh, let's put the camera in there. And then it was figuring out how to push the button, and then it was like, oh, we can't. Like, the remote didn't work, so it was like, oh, we could either cut a hole, which we don't have anything to cut a hole right. with, which would have been stupid, too. <laughs> Way too <laughs> over the top. And then Casper, uh, who was there, I was like, Casper, can you find me, like, a stick? Like, a little... Mm-hmm. And he found me the stick, and so it just... Rad. It fit perfect, and something about it just kind of like... And then two tries later, I think, was that try. And he That's d- what I was going to say. How long did it take to, to get that shot? Two two tries with the stick, and then that was the make. That's the actual one he landed. Raj, is there like a Google image you could do? I mean, I know you're trying to look for YouTube right now, but is there like a Google image? Yeah, I also have I have a whole sequence of that exact try with that frame in it, which maybe I'll maybe I'll share it with you guys. We wow. could, we could pre- we could premiere it. So that would be amazing. Yeah, it would have been almost. It would have been harder without the se- sequence. Was easier. To yeah, get, for obviously. sure. Like my camera shoots like eight frames per second, so okay. like it was still like not a sure thing. I know like some people have these newer cameras that shoot like twenty and even thirty frames per second. Oh, well, that would have been a lot easier. Sure. You're chilling. Like a yeah. shoots sequences that are like thirty frames a second with his. He has like the newest Canon gear. He's mm-hmm. an ambassador, so yeah, he gets he good shit. You know. Yeah. Oh, he's an ambassador. He, so he gets he gets laced with you know the new cameras right away. Right. But uh, so if I had those, fr- you're guaranteed to get that frame probably. Uh, if you have twenty or thirty, we just got lucky because Dude, we had eight. It is wow. an amazing shot. It's perfect. so good. And Absolutely I think perfect. the only reason it happened is because there was absolutely no pressure it's like that's not a crazy trick for louis no. we were there on a session where everyone was skating a shot had just nollie backside flipped it like you know five minutes before that and it was like you know all the sorts of cool skating was happening it was fun so it was just kind of like in the mix of oh let's just try some weird shit and whatever you know happens and then that's how you get the best photos do you man know how many times i've skated a, a, a trash bin over you know something and, and the, my board falls into the trash bin all the time <laughs> were you thinking about that too like oh my god if, if, if he misses something or kicks it away and that board falls it's gonna my camera's gone not with louis i think yeah, I, I was confident he was gonna make it okay. over the tr- i didn't know he would land at every try but uh, trust me if i was skating over the trash can too that would be my fear right, right but it's like right. he gets you know or if i was skating he'd be like dude roberts is not this is not i'm gonna take my i'll no we'll save the shot for something no else. no no i i would i would take the risk with you too okay God i would bless you. anyone in this room i would take the risk with yeah, yeah. we appreciate that but no, yeah. it, it's a great photo. Congrats on that. And it Thank was you. on Jamie Owens's magazine, which everybody's got to check out. Uh, closer, closure, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> same thing. Uh, it's a good, it's such a good mag. Such a it's good great. mag. It's, it's, if you, especially to like a, you know, eh, I don't want to say old school dubs. No, just you, you, you can, but I mean, he's he's staying modern age with what he's doing now. It's multi generational. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a good way to put it. Okay. It's got good. it's got good. something for everybody a little yeah. bit, and it's it's printed beautifully. It's on really nice paper, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that uh, it's nice. It's nice that to see a magazine out there that wants you know like oh like they like Jamie didn't care that like is a switch backside flip over the can at USC like cover worthy photo if you just read that as a sentence like of course not like Mm. that's not you know in the scheme of skate mags that's not something you'd put on the cover but when the right photo comes along or if you feel that it's like you know oh this is cool and interesting and i like that that's how jamie's kind of running the magazine it's definitely uh yeah it's just it's a fun like break from you know skating like thrasher covers are thrasher covers and they're amazing and they're fucking gnarly and that's what they're supposed to be yeah. but it's like it's okay for there to be another outlet for some like you know maybe it's not gnarly maybe it's just weird well, I, I could agree. have seen I this agree. I could have seen this on the skateboard mag 
cover. Oh yeah, easy. yeah, for, for sure. Because yeah. they were more about the just the 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 beautiful beautiful simplistic yeah. of yeah, skateboarding. Yeah. yeah. Well, know? the first cover was like that photo silhouette photo of Danny Way, like trying to get his board off that rail. Do you remember that yeah, playback yeah, yeah. shot? Oh, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which when I was young, I didn't really understand why that was the cover as much. I thought it looked cool, but now I'm like. It's kind of hilarious, really. Like he's got a giant stick to get his board stuck off or unstuck off this giant, you know, rainbow rail. It's kind of just absurd. Yeah. And I think they saw they're like, oh, that's an absurd photo. Let's put it on the cover. It's, like, <laughs> it's gonna work. Yeah. But it's so good though, because I mean, it definitely does tell a story also, and that was a monumental part of skateboarding was For this sure. Danny Way doing the mega ramp stuff. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, it was at the time it was just like some shit no one would ever say. Like, that was kind of to me the end of uh, trick progression. Mm. I don't want to say the end; it can progress forever. But the end of like skate media kind of being so focused on trick progression, uh, where it's like he took it as far as it could go. Like, how are you going to go further? He can like right. back two seventy lip the banana rail, <laughs> you know, over like an eighty foot gap, and you're like, okay. So where do we go now? And that's why I think that was the moment probably skating started to be like, well, let's just see who can like make a backsmith look nice. Mm, or like, yeah, you know, like yeah. it kind of went in the other direction. And yep. now there's all types, you know. Well, you got Bob Burnquest though. That's, you know, pushing the limits For as sure. well. Is he still doing that? I'm sure. He had one in his backyard. He had a loop with the thing and the I missing feel, from the I switch. feel like I haven't seen enough mega skating <laughs> yeah. recently. In the last few years, I haven't Good, seen Good, because I think that, you, I think it needs, I think it kind of needs to go. I don't, it loses its luster if you see it every day. Yeah. yeah, I want us to see the. I just want to see it sprinkled, and I want to see the dope shit. That's well, right. Elliot Sloan, he's got that's his yeah, 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 Sloan It's a mini mega yeah. though. But still, I, I, I understand. Cl- but you yeah. see that thing though. Sure. You see that all the time. I'm just sure. saying it kind of had a, it had a moment, and it. I think it'll have another moment, which is sick. Like I want to see, like I want to see more mega manuals. Like mm-hmm. he, like Danny Way had some manuals, but like I'm, I'm your guy. That's <laughs> the sh- exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you could, if you could take the you know the switch flip Manny yeah, to something, we'll try something new. Slightly but, start on the mini mega switch on that thing. Could you imagine? Well, it's a bank. You know, like a proper drop, and you'll be fucking. <laughs> thing is, the thing's massive. Those Dude, have you ever skated one? I've been uh, the only one that I've ever looked down on was Elliot Sloan's, and it is terrifying. Oh, it's nuts! It's the terrifying. And this is, is like, a mini. Yes, the, the the other the real one is insane. Oh, it's it's even scary. the one at Woodward. Did you draw? Did you? We went to Woodward, PA recently. Did you go up to the? the I did. Yeah, that's full it's size, terrifying. right? No, that's, it's it's even smaller than I was, Elliot. Sloan's. I was scared to do it halfway uh, on the one yeah. that was at Woodward. Oh, like, I bro. Yeah, like I didn't go all the way. I was like, no, dude, I'm gonna start right here. Oh, I didn't like so when Bob first was building his, I uh my friend Ben Karpinski, who shoots for Thrasher, his brother Danny is a vert skater, and I was friends with them, and Danny skated with Bob sometimes, and he was like, Hey, we're gonna go to Bob's today and go check out his new ramp, and I'm gonna we'll shoot photos on his vert ramp. And I was like, sick. We went. Bob wasn't there, no one was there. They just like let us on the property, and they had the mega built, but it hadn't been covered in like skate light or whatever. And I, uh, we were rolling in from like a quarter of the landing ramp. And I think, I want to say it was 10 feet up because at 10 feet up, the quarter pipe is still like this. Like right. it's not even remotely yeah. like <laughs> vertical. Yeah. I, I did a kickflip fakie, like, but like what felt like so high up on the thing. And I was a third of the way up right. and it was still like so mellow. mellow yeah. And we were just like skating at like a bank like that because it felt crazy. And it was just solid yeah. plywood. And it was like, but standing under it, like made me think of like surfing giant waves. Like I was just looking oh. up, like oh my god! Oh, like yeah, if I was in a twenty-foot wave, like yes. this is what it would be like. Exactly going off the peak of that, and thing. it's coming down on because that's what it. It just felt so like otherworldly or whatever the fuck. You just to be under that thing, you're like, oh my god, this is. How could you be up higher than that? <laughs> like they go higher than the top of this. The structure. I always yeah. say, 
watching Vert and and Mega, you have to. Uh, watching it live is li- not like anything you've ever experienced Next in skateboarding. Level. Yeah, even just regular Vert. You For watch sure. that shit live, yeah. you're like, damn, these people are flying around doing this crazy shit. Certain things in skating, Vert, uh, pool skating, yes. bombing hills. When you get to see them in person. It's like you might you could have gone your whole life not caring about that type of skating and you watch it one time and you're just like a changed person. You're like, holy shit. Like watching someone bomb a gnarly hill and get like speed wobble and not die. (laughs) You just you realize how slow you skate. Changes your life. Or like someone grind a pool. Like I've seen like, you know, someone get to a new pool and just like roll in and like do crazy. Just like grind every wall first try somehow. And you're like, that's like not. A mini ramp. It's like not mil- built for skating. It's yeah. like lumpy and chunky and weird, and yeah. it doesn't translate well, I think, to to video and to photo as much. I agree. But like every pool is unique, and so it's like there's a lot of respect for that type of skating. It doesn't kind of get the the love it should on like a. I, I guess it does maybe, but I think uh, seeing it in person, you, everyone should see it. Once. I think you nailed it. I think it's vert, uh, mega bombing hills and pool yeah i think yeah. those are the four that's like you if you haven't seen any of those in person like you need to go like yeah for sure you need to go watch those that's well, someone that like really knows how to skate these things yeah yeah, yeah for sure yeah. do or, you do you uh, you shoot photos uh, did you ever shoot photos of vert stuff at all i mean i have just a few times like yeah. i shot danny danny was the first person i ever shot uh skating vert danny karpinski and uh i was okay. super hyped because again you're just like oh vert photos this is sick and then since then i've shot with like rayborn and like kevin kowalski and some people on vert but i think uh i've probably only shot vert like five to ten times ever it's just not really um wrong yeah. era you know well yeah. this is kind yeah. of a sorry do I, no go, go for it I, I you know i had this question because it's interesting right you are you skateboard photographer i mean we're going to you know rails we're going to stairs we're going to ledges manuals like how does a photographer how do you how do you take something that's been shot a hundred thousand times and make it look different and, and impressive? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you get. Oh, this is we're going to the same set of stairs that that's been uh, shot a hundred thousand times. Sure. Like, how am I going to make this? Well, I think a little bit more exciting. There's a few. There's a couple ways, right? One way is the skater is magical, right? Like you have a really amazing skater that can just make anything look cool. And that's like early for me, you know, it's like, uh, like Levi Brown, if Levi Brown does like a tray flip down something, it's going to look better than like 90% of the people tray flipping the same stairs. So you're like, thank God I'm here with him. You know, he's going to like, <laughs> it's going to look good. And then sometimes it's just like you get there back in the day. It wasn't, you weren't planning for this stuff. You just like, you happen to show up at seven and it was a beautiful dusk with a nice sky. And you're like, Oh, my photo looked good. You know, whereas if someone went there earlier than you at noon that day, shot the same trick and it was like solid gray stairs, solid blue sky, just like kind of boring. boring a different guy you know all these things so i think like uh earlier on for me it was just luck you know and for a lot of photographers it's just like oh this skater was right the timing was right whatever um and then from there it's like i think you just really have to like you have to understand what the important part of the story is mm. like you're telling a story right when you're shooting a photo like as corny as that sounds like okay what's the coolest part of the story if someone has a crazy flick on their like backside flip right like, then you're like, I want to accentuate the flick. So I'm going to be fisheye on the backside of them, you know, on the fourth stair, because then their foot's going to be really close to the lens, because that's the most exciting part of what's happening right now. And if I could interject really quick, you, you are also known for, like, in your face, getting there close. For I mean, so I just, that's just, I'm just copying Spike Jones. That's just me mm-hmm. just ripping off, like, people from the 90s. Like, I, I started, like, shooting like that more in, like, probably, like, seven or eight years ago and really liked it. And then realized a few years later why I liked it. 
You know, it's like kind of the, one of those incepted ideas where you're like, oh, I think I want to do this like different thing. And then a year later, you're like, that's not different. I just like all this other shit. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just like taking from that. But that was an era where skating was small, uh, like physically small. Like it was impactful and important. But since it was so small, you could get so close to someone's foot and still see the ledge, still see the curb, the mani pad, whatever. Prime example. We're they, looking at a photo yeah. right now of Cairo Foster's just skating a curb, red curb. This could have been a cover that, of strength back in the day. That's a tall curb, Chris. It's that's a tall like curb. a ledge. By the way, that I think that's the same spot where I nolly healed over the barrier. It Eagle is. Rock. It is. Really? Eagle Rock yeah, high yeah. out of the curb cut? Out of the curb cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Richard Moto was there. It was, it was OG it Eagle was Rock. Amazing. That's <laughs> very popular spot these days. But this is a photo. Like, this is, it, it's so, this catches the essence. For me, it catches, I'm a, I'm a fisheye fan. I don't, long lens, mm, it was cool when it was kind of like, we're not talking video now, when it was like, VX because it's you had a it's square sure now it's like you know oh I want to get this bush in there I want to get this oh the sun is over there and now the skater's this big sometimes you yeah, know yeah. and I like in your face the ki- the foot's almost about to hit the camera like this is the type of shit I like whether it's video or photo hundred percent sure. I mean me too so like I I've said this before and it's always in like it it feels funny to say but there's like a couple ways to shoot skating and one of them is like to like try to convey energy or like tell this energy story versus like you know journalism which is like there's a guy he popped from here he grinded a rail he's right here in the photo and then he went all the way down the rail and landed there and we see oh, the whole story right that's journalism you're like when you shoot like Jamie Foy and he front crooks like an 80 stair rail like you kind of <laughs> have to be a journalist right it's like no one's going to believe that it happened unless you show them the whole thing so true. no one's worried about that when Cairo's kickflip back tailing the tall curb sure so you can really focus on like where's the energy what's what's the most interesting part of what's happening and it's like oh it's his foot in your face and like it's kind of a go to like you can if you can put someone's foot into the lens it's kind of like a cheating. It's like a gimmick, you know? Like, everyone's going to be like, that's a sick photo. I'm like, no, you just like the foot. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting way to look at it. I never looked at it uh, as uh, telling a story right. or opposed to... Well, telling different story. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're always telling some sort of story. It's like telling a different story. And it's like, yeah, the story about certain types of skating is nothing to do with, like... Because no one's worried about whether or not he did a kickflip back tail on that. That's not something did that... Did he land it? That's not, yeah, that's not news, right? Like, no one's, like, waiting for the footage. <laughs> he didn't do it, by the way. There is footage. There is footage, yes. Yeah. But, um, but it's like, no one's, like, worried about that. People are just... I like to shoot a skate photo just for the sake of a skate photo. And that's different than, like, when, you know, if I shoot with, you know, like, Mason or Louie or, like, Jamie Foy or people that are, like really progressing skateboarding into the next realm. They're doing fucked up shit. They're doing mm. really unreal skateboarding. That's different. And that's why it's on a thrash recovery. That's why it's in, you know, that's where they put it. And I get that. The photos I like to shoot now are photos that, you know, I'm like, hey, Louie, just do like, can you do a pole jam for me on this? Or, you know, you find something, you're, oh, back nose blunt, this small ledge, because I just like to shoot back nose blunts and they look nice, you know? And it's it's a whole different focus. And uh, I think that's that's just what I've really enjoyed This episode is brought to us by AG1. It is very important to me that the supplements I take are of the highest quality, and that's why for years I have been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands out there, AG1 conducts relentless testing to set the standard for purity and potency. It's also researched and developed by an in-house team of scientists, doctors, and nutritionists with decades of experience in their respective fields. I know that I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances, while the industry's 
standard, guess what? Typically only tested for 10. That's why the Nine Club has partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get your free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash nine club. All you got to do in your URL, type drinkag1.com slash nine club at checkout. Go give it a try. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Have you ever gotten your camera messed up from doing getting that close? In this shot, uh, Cairo hit the hit. Your he camera. hit the lens. Yeah, I think I get hit like almost at, at least once every time I shoot a fisheye photo. Yeah, but it's usually a foot. I try to avoid getting hit by a board. I have a few scratches from like boards and stuff, but I think uh, for the most part, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying not to get hit always. Yeah. But it just happens. And those fish eyes are strong, though. Like, I've broken one for sure. There's a... Look at that. that That's was, a tray flip right there. Yeah, yeah. I like that with the tail and the coming close to the lens. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Where's the, Keep, continue. Oh, this one. The um, golden, golden Hour 1. The day... There's a photo in there uh, of Dane Brady doing a one foot where he's like... He, you can see a circle on the... F- on the sole of his shoe where it's making contact with the lens. Mm-hmm. I have one of those Tadashi filters on, though. What is that? What is that? Explain what that so is. So Tadashi is a photographer who came up with a, a basically a plastic bubble filter that goes over your fisheye. Okay. And it's kind of held on by like rubber bands, so it has a little bit of like a shock, you know, or something. It kind of bounces a little, so it doesn't sit right up against the lens. You have a little gap, so if someone hits it, like it can still hit your lens for sure, but it just stops scratches basically. Oh. Wow. So, so this a, is made for skateboarding. Yeah, yeah. He makes them oh. for like like camera like like a. Makes them for what Canon fish are just like photo fish eyes, and he also makes them for the HPX and he makes them for the VX. Okay, they're these little they're like condoms, like a little oh. condom for your fish eye. You know, well, it's you like, gotta shoot safe, you gotta shoot safe, yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh, and yeah. so, I had one of those on. And when he first sent me a box, like he was like, oh, Let me send you a few of these. My first thought was, like I want everyone to kick the lens. I was like, I was so excited, I could finally <laughs> like, just like so. I was with uh Dame Brady and Emile Laurent, and they were uh. I was like, just do one foots and kick the lens. Like for like an hour we did this and they were just, then like Dane was kicking the shit out of the lens. <laughs> and it really protected it. And it, well, oh. it broke that day. Okay. <laughs> but but that wasn't because of Tadashi's design. It was because we were like, that's not you what- You were putting it to the test. Yes, that's not what You were doing the 100 it, kick flip test. Exactly. That was not what it was intended for. But it, uh, we should do that. Fish, get yeah. Canon, oh, Tiba, wow. get Canon to sponsor it. Oh, there we I go. forgot. Yeah. You used to do- th- all those things we, we did one together. We Just did, yeah. The tray flips. We, you did, yeah. What you did a hundred tray flips. Yeah. God, I would hate to do a hundred. I would never do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, he didn't miss a single one. That's good. I literally, I didn't. I was actually. I look back. I was like, damn, I didn't miss one at all. He didn't. That's what? very yeah. few. Yeah. I mean, that's so that's a different tired. that's a different part of this uh, story to talk about with the you know CCS stuff. But like that was a that was pretty incredible. Only a few people ever did a hundred kick flips in a row without missing one, and then. Kelly did 100 trifles. We were looking into that, and we'll, we'll go back to it, too, because I just kind of want to finish up right with this really quickly, though. Um, Cater has the most viewed. It was like 2 million or something like that. For sure. His kickflips. I am like, I am significantly more uh, famous from that video than anything <laughs> yeah. I've ever done. <laughs> that was the one. When I was at that Copenhagen was last year, little kids, or little kids, 16-year-old 16, 16 kids. Sure. 
to me that's little because I'm old now. They were like, they would see me and or hear me even. I've heard these kids would hear my voice and they'd be like, hey, like, did you do 100 kickflips with Cater? And I'm behind the camera and I was like, yeah, they're like, oh my God, will you sign my board? Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the power that Cater has. Like proximity to Cater is mm. like, oh, you're, you're a big deal. Damn. I had a, uh, this is really funny because I, uh, I was with Jerry Sue and we were like, and obviously I'm a huge Jerry Sue fan. And we were uh, sitting on this like grass hill at one of the events at Copenhagen and a kid walks up to the two of us, a young kid. And he's like, hey, are you from the Cater 100 Kicklips video? And I was like, yes. And he's like, will you sign this? And I was just like, fuck You're off. Si- I'm sitting next to Jerry. Sitting. Exactly. And that, <laughs> my instinct was to be like, no, you don't want my autograph. Get his autograph. And then I thought, like, well, that might be worse right now because he might not know who Jerry is. <laughs> like, that would right, be a little yeah. awkward. So I signed it. And I was like, didn't Jerry? I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, you see this shit? This is crazy. Like, again, to you, it's not crazy. To me, this is insane sure. right now. Like, it sure. was. But it is, it is funny how those videos are kind of like you know more you, you do you work your whole life to be really good at something or you're mm. like i want to be a skate photographer and you know you're like oh, i did okay and i you know i was successful enough at it and then in you know a couple of months it's all eclipsed by like you're the guy from youtube hundred kickflips mm-hmm. yeah. and you're like well that's how i heard about you thank no, you <laughs> i appreciate that going back to these this photo really quickly and this is interesting too because i i i, I wanted to have a discussion about Fo- uh, flashes in the photos. Uh, controversial. Yeah. Are are we, how how do we, how are we feeling about this? Because I kind of like them. It depends on the photo. I, honestly, there was another photo in here, I believe. Oh man, um, might have been the Cairo over the, the kickflip over the barrier. Where yes. Wasn't there? Yeah. Uh, but the photo was in between his. The flash was in between their legs. Mm. Was this in this piece too? Maybe I could find. Yeah, it yeah. If, I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, I think it wasn't there. It was. I don't know where it is in the piece, but it was a kickflip over the barrier at the uh, Van Nuys Courthouse. No. No, it's not the one you're talking about? You were talking about this? Oh, maybe. That's what I was thinking. I was talking about something else. But go ahead. What do you, how do you feel about this? Obviously, we were just looking at the photo. Well, so, I and generally, so like, Grant Britton kind of invented the rules of skate photography, right? Like, I think there were like some early skate photographers, Warren Bolster, Win Miller, people that really like pioneered skate, Glenn Friedman, of course, like Mm -hmm. that pioneered skate photography. But then Grant kind of came in and he refined everything and made it like really beautiful and kind of like set some real standards. So I think the general school of skate photography that every skate photographer in the world to some extent shoots is the Grand Britain like school of skate photography. What was his class on this? Well, so he's had flashes in the frame for sure. But mm-hmm. I think later on him and other people realized like, Oh yeah, like the goal is to get the flash out of like if you're watching a movie, you're not gonna see the studio light like in mm-hmm. the frame, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like get the flashes out. Which is hard sometimes to get certain lighting effects and whatnot. But I think Grant and Atiba probably also helped write that book as well, where it's like, oh yeah, like we keep the flashes out of the frame. So when I came up that was a rule. Like if I posted on this skateboard photography forum called mm-hmm. skateboardphotography.com, which I want to talk about, we get yeah. there and those guys would tear you <clears throat> to shreds. If mm-hmm. you had, if it even bled into the frame a tiny bit, you could, you could tell there was a flash, you get roasted. It was like awful. So I think this, the reason I do this now is kind of like after years of being like, terrified of like oh fuck the flash is in the frame like i don't now it's like oh there are no rules anymore like who cares (laughs) sure in this photo in particular i like how like the shadows from those little the rocks yeah Yeah. the rocks or whatever that is there like that looks sick like i like that maybe we could find the photo i don't it was in one of the video pieces that you did that was on you on youtube i don't i don't think it's in this one actually this followed um but yeah, I was just wondering, because I, again, I think it just depends on the situation, but sometimes when I see it in the photo, fo- obviously if it's out there, you shot this, it's out there, like sure. it should 
that's the way it should be. Yeah. I mean, I like it. There's other photographers, amazing photographers currently, who will put flashes in the frame and then take them out in post, which I think is fine too. Like that, like really? I, yeah, well, I don't care. I don't care what how you make a good image as long as it's a cool image. Like double dipping. Oh, I hate saying image photo, <laughs> but I think uh, like as long as at the end result is something that I think looks cool. Like mm-hmm. I'm down to be lied to if you lie well. Like if someone is like you know when someone's like kissing you, don't you. feel duped. Well, not if they do it well. If someone's kissing your ass, but they're doing it in like a really good way, I'm like, well, that's fine with me. <laughs> well, here's the thing: it's like, okay, what about what about you? You see a sequence in a magazine. No uh, who was it? There was a, a famous sequence, but obviously, like somebody's in the background, somebody's not in the background. Guy Mariano, frame, Guy Mariano, right? Pop well, so that that's just yeah. being sloppy because if you're gonna. I think if you're going to Markovich's wheel left up on the thing. Yes, that's just being sl- so don't be sloppy. If you if you're sloppy, I think that's bad. But I think if you whatever you intend to do, you know, like if you intend to leave the flash in, leave it in. If you intend to take it out, you better take it out well. Because right. I better not be able to tell that you took a flash out. That's when I'll be like, ah, oh, that sucks. Like you you tried to do something and you didn't do it. And that's with the the piece sequences back in the day were like, I get it. Like I used to shoot with Marty Murawski a ton, and Marty you know, it was like doing crazy tech shit. Like he was like, I want to shoot a sequence of a fakie heel, fakie 50, fakie foot. That's still fucked for today. But at the time, no one had even done that. And he was like, rather than have you come out with me six weekends in a row to like get this clip, I'm going to get the clip and then we can piece the sequence. I don't mm. think it was this one though, Kelly. I think it was a different one. I think Costin was in the background of one. Well, and there's, it was there- like, there, he, there's one where the dude just pops up out of nowhere. On this yeah. one? No, yeah. I, I don't think it's this one, though. No, but they, they've been, there's a story behind this. There, I don't remember exactly what... I can't remember what it was, but... It might have just been an extra roll-up frame or something, though, yeah. right? Like, it's not... Because the dude's not in the background the first couple sequences, then he pops in at the end. You see the guy in the yeah. white t-shirt in the back? Yeah, for sure. So that's that's why yeah. I remember... Right. I, but yeah. there, I know there's another one, too. It's yeah. blatant. He's just standing right up on the thing, yeah. and he's gone one frame. But I don't know. I th- I I understand the f- the deal with photoshopping, but I, I I still I don't know if a photo should be messed with in the like you know what I mean. And that I like that that that's yeah. it's good for you like you can have that opinion. And I think some people ha- some older skaters too are very much like it should be the one that they made. Like the photo should be from the uh, main. I'm not necessarily right. like hung up on that. I feel like, like that's the next a, level. It could be a good photo, but I just think that like don't try to to dupe me. Yes. And like just I, I want to see it's uh, the photo in its entirety. That's fair. And but also mm-hmm. I think to what I was saying earlier, if you're duped well mm-hmm. and the thing exists, like if that if the sequence doesn't have the guy popping up in the back and it's like a weird eyesore where you're like, wait, that didn't look right. And then you see the footage and the footage looks like the sequence, like it's all about how you do everything, I think. Like, it, then you see the clip and you're like, oh, this is sick. Like, that was a sick clip and the sequence was rad and it told me the story I needed mm-hmm, to know. And, right. like, again, it's like the, I've been, I got yelled at once by some old guy at a, some skate park in Santa Cruz because my friend Horsey was trying a trick on this fence, like a foot plant, and we were shooting it and he was doing it. Took like six tries and this guy was drunk and he just was like, oh, what are you doing? And we were just kind of like, oh, we're just shooting a photo, man. Like, you know, like, go away, please. And he was like, that's not how he skates. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? And he was like, he's trying it too many times. Like he, you know, he thought like if he didn't get it the first time, we should move on. Like, that's it. Like that was like, and that's his version of that, right? Like his version of like OG, like, no, you roll up and you do your first line in the bowl and that's what happened. And that's it. And you don't, you don't sit and try the same trick 50 times. That's stupid. And I'm like, that's cool. That's cool that you, that's how you view skating. Mm -hmm. I just don't. 
and clearly he Plus doesn't. He was and like, so. he was, you know, <laughs> yeah. but but you know, he good for him. Skater, he don't know what's going on. He's holding the yeah, dunny. You know. Maybe he is. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows I just what thought it was some is. random drunk guy. At the I just, no, he was a skater. Okay, he's like okay. an old old bull guy, you okay, know. And okay, I was like, right. you know, at the time I was young, and I'm like, what? You're a kook. Shut up. And it's like, <laughs> no, dude. Like that's just how he feels about it, which is cool. Yeah. In his right, you know, I don't agree with it. And in the same sense of like Chris, you saying like, oh, I want to see what actually happened, and I don't want this like to be duped. I think I'm fine with being do. It's like again when I watch a movie. When you watch like Inception, are you like that room wasn't really upside down? I know that. No, I want to see the absolutely. I want to see the real <laughs> shot, and I want to see. I want Nolan to show me that the, all this. That's like no. You want to well, be. You want magic. You want someone to make some magic and like make you feel a type of way. I yeah. agree with that wholeheartedly, but I am a behind the scenes guy too, and I it's love fair. to see. It's fair. The actual green screen and the thing oh, and, the, yeah. and how they do it. So maybe what you want is the sequence with the guy photoshopped out, and then someone later being like, "This is how we photoshopped out the guy." That would be cool. Maybe like a yeah. nice balance but for you. Still, like, like I don't know. Like I mean, what was wrong with the? I maybe I. What was wrong with the other two frames of the roll up? I don't know. Did, maybe what, did you did all the rolls that you shot? What if guy that, didn't like it? What if he did something weird with his face or his hand or something, and he was like self conscious about it? that? Happens. <laughs> true, Skaters true. would be like. I don't like this photo because of this. Re- well, Dubs, that happened yeah. to you. you st- he still ran it. Yeah, back. I ran it all day. I had a shitty ass face. And, and, <laughs> you know, and I got That's caught tough. out there and it's okay. That's tough. You know? But you know what though? I, I have a lot of people, two days ago I shot a photo of someone and he zoomed in on his face. He was like, damn, I really do that with my, he had his tongue in his mouth. Mm. I was like, I, I don't want to hear. Yep. And I'm like, that is so sick. Like sometimes as a skater, you get so a caught up in, tongue, in perfection, yeah. right? You want to like perfect everything so much and you're like, I want this to be, I want to look like 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 it's not a big deal. Like I'm doing a crazy trick right. and my face is like this. <laughs> In a photo that sucks. Yeah. You want to see the face that's like <laughs> like you want someone that's exactly what it was right yeah now. you want yeah. someone to look terrified all the early skate photos the best skate photos were like Tony Alva like for the first time ever getting above the coping he looks like he's terrified for sure because he didn't know what the fuck was going to happen right <laughs> he got up there and he just was like oh shit I've never <laughs> been up here before no and that's why those photos are so cool so I love I love a good skate face and I know at the time you didn't like it but I think it ages well, and of it's course. Like, I mean, I, it is what it is. At the end of the day, we got a shot, so you know who had the illest skate face, or probably still does. Honestly, don't see many photos that much. Uh, Stefan Janowski. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. he yeah. always had like a, a photo, a still photo. Always had like this dope. I don't. I don't know the aesthetic of like the way his skate mm. face was made the photo. It had good. a little bit of like whimsy. Like he kind of had some bending. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a good Alva photo right mm. there. That's like holy shit! I'm above the coping. What do I do now? Like yeah, that's what that sick. face says to me. Right. I love that shit. I love a good skate face. And yeah, skaters get. It's because there's this whole thing that happened where skating got too easy for people in the last like 20 years. And you see a photo of someone on top of a mountain of a handrail, and their hands are at their side, and they're like this. <laughs> and <laughs> and you're like, almost what? bored. Yeah. It's a, it makes for a boring photo. Like, all due respect, right. that's a yeah. crazy thing to do, and I respect that you did it, but it's a boring photo. Mm. And if it's boring, like, there's no point in shooting a boring skate photo. You want it to be exciting. And the clip won't be boring because you're going to be going 10 times faster at the bottom of the rail than you were at the top. So the clip is completely a different thing. Sure. But I like when people, like, when you look uncertain, you know, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, shit, I don't you know what's going to happen. See some emotion. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is skateboarding energy is, right yeah. you want to shoot out that that energy of because we all feel it that's the coolest thing about skating is like no matter how much you suck at skating when you do a skate trick it feels so different than what it probably looks like For sure. I know, like right? when i like <laughs> fucking no slide pop over the curb at venice i'm like dude i, f- I look like rob welsh right there. I, f- <laughs> I was so sick and you see the clip and you're like ooh. 
<laughs> I look like Matt Price. Yeah, I, I am I most like certainly myself right yeah. now. But and I think when you shoot, when I shoot a skate photo, I want it to really f- like look how it feels when the person did it, you know, or look how when I can imagine what it felt like when I did the nose slide popover. I want to like all the photos to look like that. I want it to look like oh shit, it was this heavy energy burst or whatever, and and not this like because you don't want to take the energy out. You always yeah, need yeah. it to look gnarlier than it was because mm-hmm. it just doesn't translate. But then you do it. have those anomalies like an Antoine Dixon. For sure. Where you're like, damn, he looks like he's <sighs> bored and lazy right now, but that photo is so sick. So Tom so, Penny. Tom Penny, yeah. yeah. yes. Yeah. Antoine exactly. and Penny are very similar to me where it's like, the arms at the side are like perfectly, it's like a quiet chaos. Yeah. Like there's something about it that you're like, how, it's like the eye of a hurricane or something where you're like, oh my God, what is happening? Well, you know it's not forced, yeah. A. It's just them being them, you know? It's like, sometimes you could tell, you know, yeah, for when sure. a skater's trying to, you know, uh, we can all, we can little, all tell. You know, <laughs> everyone out there, we can all tell. That's right, that's right. So cut that shit out right now. <laughs> I was trying to be conscious about my face when I was doing that, tra- but it's so hard to be conscious about your face. You were face. trying to be conscious about it? Yeah, you? because I've seen it a couple of times. We shot it a couple of times. And I'm like, do my face. And then I'm like, do my face. <laughs> And then I was just like, "Fuck it, dude, we got it. We're good." <laughs> you just I, couldn't, you couldn't change the face uh-uh. at all. It was just like, no, it was just like that. That was gonna happen that way. That's, but that's there's something beautiful about that, right? Like it was supposed to be like. <laughs> that. You're trying like a that. trick while trying a trick, basically. Yeah, dude, <laughs> for sure. I'm trying to trick myself from not doing that. I could not do it. I See, that's fake style. Yeah, you were trying is. to have some fake style right there. I, I, I didn't you even think to, about it. You were trying to fake the fun. I was trying to fake the fun. You should have smiled or something. No, you should have just like smiling. The only good skating is like natural skating. You know, it's gotta happen. Look at Tom Penny. Oh my God. You can't even see his arms. They're so low. Yeah. Oh, he's so oh, chill right a... there. Who shot that? Did Wig shoot that? Uh, we don't know. Maybe, oh, maybe beautiful photo, man. Yeah, that's I don't know. That is, right uh, oh, that, that's one of my favorite things that happens on accident, but I love it when a foot and a nose like bleeds out of the edge mm, of the fisheye. Mm. It like gives you this weird sense that like the action's continuing in some other frame that you don't get to see. It like leaves you wanting more. <laughs> ah, I love that shit. Interesting. I love it. That was interesting seeing Puma Go involved ahead. in a... This one? Yeah, they're the only one who hasn't made it back in yet. Yeah. Well, this was... Uh, Fuck. How long ago was this, man? 10 plus years ago? Dude, those were like the Europe days. They probably probably got to cover that whole course for like eight grand. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be surprised. (laughs) And no one there there was wearing Puma. No. No one cared at all. That's why they got a good deal. Yeah. They're like, there's a skate contest. No one's going to see it, but it's a great opportunity for Puma to shine. Oh, my God. Let's bring this back because I I, want to get into the Skateboard Mag stuff because Skateboard Mag was just... It was such a good mag, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where you got your start was with For those sure. guys. Yeah, yeah. But going back, you had mentioned uh, skateboardphotography.com, uh-huh. was it? Skateboard. That was a Pete Thompson photo, by the way. That was Pete Thompson. Pete Thompson. Oh, okay. Good looks, Raj. Uh, skateboardphotography.com. It was kind of like the slap forum for skate photography, right? Like you said, they would yeah. tear a photo apart yes. if they had... Um, if there was anything wrong with it. And I think I read somewhere that you got into that, but you're colorblind. Right. So, wow, Chris, in front of everybody? Oh, you don't going to out me like that? We're going to edit out, edit it. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> now you got me feeling all bad. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's no, fine. so you're colorblind. So, you, these, so your photos were getting roasted more yeah. than you, you were posting stuff. You're like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah, yeah. I, well, yeah, I didn't know. I I didn't know like what I was missing. I guess with the colors, like I didn't know. Like I wasn't shooting the films. It, back then, it was all films. Sure. So it was like I was shooting like less vibrant films than the good guys were shooting and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and people would be like, "Yeah, these colors fucking suck," and I just was like, "I don't, 
I don't see the difference. But how do you, how do you get how do you get over that? Do you have to train yourself to know certain colors? Like as I mean, a photographer back, back then, someone just told me the right film to buy. They were like, shoot Velvia. That's like the film that has the most color, and that's what everyone like shot for skating. Not everyone, but a lot of people. That's like what Atiba and Grant and people like that shot, you know, in that era. So mm-hmm. I just started shooting Velvia, and it was like, oh, the colors are better, and. I didn't do a ton of posts to like my film. You know, maybe I was trying in the beginning to do more posts to it, like do color correction or I knew Photoshop like this much and I was like, oh, I'll try it out. So I think uh, I was probably just fucking them up. Right. But um, yeah, those guys were mean. Go ahead. Uh, I was just like, what colors can you, like what, what colors are hard for you to understand really? Well, this gets really stonery if we want to get into it. I, like, I, I mean, I, I'm curious about I know about how your red is my red, Kelly. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but I'm, I think my mom told me, she's like, you're, yeah, you're colorblind. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. I, I, well, yeah, I'm like, I don't think I well, am. Kelly, when I walked in, he was like, "That's a cool blue sweater." To you? Yeah. That's not. No, how, that's not how it works. Oh, you I didn't. Oh, no, no. I was. No, yeah. you know, I can tell who's not colorblind because they'll just be like, "What color's my shirt?" And I'm like, "Well, it's black." Like everyone know. Like if you look like John's, like, "What color's my shirt?" I'm like, well, "It's a black shirt." Like I know that. Like right. there's not black and white are pretty easy to like. You know, it's. Uh, I think there's something like, I don't even know. I'm gonna say this wrong, but like. Red, red, green, and like blue, green. Like, there's a few combinations of color blindness. Mm-hmm. I think I have three of them. I'm not sure exactly which ones, but I know that what it means is like, I have no clue what color this beer can is. That's what, it's it's. What does it look like to you? Yeah. You, so I would guess yellow or orange. Okay. But you, you could also tell me it was green, and I would just believe you because as far as I know about the color green, it could look like this. Mm. Is it green? What is it? No, it's it's yellow. yellow. Okay, it's yellow. Yeah. Well, so like, I, I wasn't too far off, but like. It, it could be a whole spectrum of colors for me where I'm just like, I, yeah, I would take three guesses, mm-hmm. but then you use context clues. Like that's another thing that you, st- you don't realize you're doing it, but like if you were wearing a blue sweater yeah. and I thought it might be purple or blue, I would just probably guess that you were wearing a blue sweater because there's probably way more blue sweaters than purple sweaters. Yeah. Like you start to like accidentally do this context mm. thing where you're like... Process oh, of yeah. elimination. Exactly. Almost. You're like Break using... It and it happens so fast sometimes that you don't think about it and you just do it. But I have had like issues where like I've definitely sent photos into the skateboard mag back in the day that like Grant was like, "Why is the sky purple?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, that's weird." I don't know what that <laughs> yeah, right. Were you not telling everybody? Yeah. That, I mean, this is we. I've we. I, I know I've, this has been in interviews. You've yeah, yeah. said this in interviews. I, so. I just never saw it as something that needed to be talked. It wasn't like a thing. I didn't understand. I guess I didn't understand it enough then to be like, "Oh, hey, just so you know, I'm colorblind. This might be screwed up." I just was like. I'm just going to try my best and I hope it works. Why was right. the sky purple? Because uh, I just did some weird, I was fucking with the knobs, you know, when you're in Photoshop <laughs> and you're just like playing with stuff. Because that's what it is when digital photography is just like you get it into Photoshop or RAW or whatever, okay. you know, Lightroom and you just start tweaking shit. And you're just like, oh, I'll pull this up, pull this down, see what it looks like. And I was like, this looks pretty cool. <laughs> and it looked cool because it was purple. <laughs> and I was like, and I sent it, he sent it back or he was told me that. And I was like, oh, cool. Let me, I'll dive back in. I'll fix it. Thought I fixed it. No. Send it back. Like, still purple. I'm like, dude, why don't I send you the raw file and you can just play with it? Right. Oh. But now, I, I my wife now helps me a ton. Susie, oh, sick. I was when I'm say, editing yeah. photos, like she is like killing. Because especially when I'm doing portraits, right. product stuff, you know, non. Because a skate photo, you it's like so artsy and abstract. Mm-hmm. You can get away with a lot of shit in a skate photo. You can kind of be like, oh, the sky was purple because they're like, fuck you, you know. <laughs> it's like you can kind of. Sure. This is what I wanted. But when you're shooting like apparel for a brand or a shoe or something. Right. I have to like bring her in to be like, hey, does this red look right? Like, here's the raw file and here's this. Am I, did I change it to brown? You know, or something like that. And usually I'm pretty, nine times out of ten, I'm right. But Did you meet uh, the Skateboard Mag dudes on that website? So, yeah, Grant, 
Grant was on that website. Okay. He was a kind of, it was like the, the rumor that like, dude, Stick was his name. Oh. Which is funny that the Stick, I think it was Stick because he did the poll cam originally. I'm not sure if that's why it was, but I always thought that because he did the poll cam photo of Chris Miller. Raj, can you bring that one up on the monitor here? Uh, but he, <laughs> he did the thing where he rigged the camera up to like a, a broomstick basically mm-hmm. and shot this really amazing photo. It's like perfect. It's mm-hmm. so perfectly composed. It's beautiful. We got to check this and out. And so I think that's maybe maybe why his name was Stick. I don't know. Maybe there's another reason. But he was Stick on there and I heard from someone, oh, Stick is Grant Britton. And I was oh. like, no way. So, you know, so yeah. everyone's messaging Grant Britton or whatever. And I think I like sent him a few photos and just like introduced myself maybe. And he was super nice and, you know, cool and whatever but uh that was kind of my first interaction with grant and then uh matt mccarrow yes that photo that's like oh, look that's, that's a great, so he I wasn't he's not you look, could see it in oh the you can shadow. see it in the shadow yeah, yeah you can see him holding it it's like a boom what year was this i mean are you sure this wasn't just a gopro and a stick thank you just uh, kidding I'm zoom kidding. in let's see i'm kidding <laughs> no 88 it looks like late late 80s i i, I always want to say 86 because born in 86 so i hope that every iconic photo is from 86 <laughs> but uh i think the way he like the framing is so perfect and the irony is grant like is the person who will be the first person to be like look through your lens and i'm like you weren't looking on the pole cam photo oh yeah <laughs> So there you go. Is, was that a cover? Uh, I don't know if it was, was a cover. Just a shot? I wasn't born yet, Jerome. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. But uh, it's man, that a pull-out poster. Pull out that poster. photo is just so sick to me. And the fact that he is getting hit by the sunlight while the whole all the bowl below him is in the shadow, mm-hmm. so he pops like he didn't need a flash. I don't like know. This, is, this is a conspiracy now. We're getting into like the moon landing. Why is the rover? That's and it, true. It's in a shadow, but it's lit up. That's true. Why is he? I don't. Grant, believe, I don't believe this is. I don't believe this is real. The, look at look at his shadow. He's doing a stale fish in the shadow, and he's doing. Oh a, a my god! Air in the yeah, I don't know. Grant, you started a whole thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, they didn't even see that. No, it's a. Uh, it's really <laughs> sick. It's just a. It's one of these photos that you can dissect for a long time, and you it. can just like really enjoy in a lot of ways. But uh, so he was on this thing, and you hit him up. Yes. So I, I started talking to him. I don't remember how it went. My, so my friend Matt McCarrow who uh, was, at the time, he shot for... Wasn't it like, uh, what's the distribution called? Uh, well, he shot for Syndrome. DNA? He shot for Syndrome. I don't know if at the time he was yet shooting for Syndrome or if he was just yeah. still freelancing and submitting, but Matt McCarrow, rest in peace, Matt, Matt passed away a few years mm-hmm. ago, but he, uh, he was an incredible photographer and a really, really good photo editor. Like, he did, uh, I think, Transworld's like, photo editing for the last few years of Transworld, maybe, mm-hmm. or finishing or something for them. But he... Um, he was someone I made friends with on that site. He was like the he had had photos run in the magazines, and he was kind of like a pro photographer as far as I was concerned. Mm. And he was the first person who gave me the time of day. And he basically he sold me old gear. He sold me like a Sunpack flash and like the old the uh, Quantum like uh, remote receivers, like all this stuff that like I didn't even know about. And he was like, "Yeah, that's Grant Britton. You should send him, you know, send him your shit." And I'm like, "All right, I'll send you know." So I'm, we messaged a little bit, and he was nice, and he liked a few photos that I had posted. It was right when I was kind of starting to like, I won't say know what I was doing because I was getting lucky still, I think, but I would get lucky like once per roll, and something would be like, "Oh, it's working out," and uh, and yeah. So me and Grant started talking on there, and then one day I just was like, "Hey, do you like? Can I send photos to the skateboard mag? Can you give me the address? Like, that's all I need from you is an address." And he gave me the address. And I was like sick, and I, I like you know I stressed over it for like weeks. Like, what what slides? Am I? I had all these slides, you know, I was shooting Hasselblad stuff, these one twenty slides, and I was like, what am I gonna send to him? I'm gonna send one sheet, twelve photos. They gotta be my twelve best. Like, let's. Who are you shooting with at this point in time? Are you in Arizona still? Arizona. Got, okay. I think on that sheet, like Marty Murawski, Levi okay. Brown. So uh, you're shooting Ricky with people. Geiger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, in okay. Arizona, they were the guys. Maybe some Ryan Lay when he was really Same. young. I had like a handful of like they were you know I had made it a point to like probably through MySpace at the time, I was reaching out to like, 
because I lived in uh, I lived in Mesa. I wasn't super close to any of like the skate parks or like mm. I wasn't involved in any of those scenes or the, any. I didn't have like a skate shop really that I was really in the mix with at and that time. Th- these are probably people that Skateboard Mag wanted photos of anyway. Well, I had hope in my head for sure. sure. I was like, why wouldn't you want a photo of Marty Morowski? Because he's like the best <laughs> skater in Arizona. Like, of course you want this. But from their perspective, they actually agreed and they're like, yeah, we want to showcase people from yeah. the different regions and stuff. So they don't have anybody out there in their AZ to shoot. Exactly. Yeah. So I think they, you know, they saw value in that. I don't think every mag would, but I think they did. Swift especially. Like, so I sent photos and um, didn't. I don't know how long after I messaged him, I sent them. Mm-hmm. But I got a message back from him one day. He's like, "Hey, did you just send a sheet of slides with absolutely no information on them?" <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't know my real name either. Like, or maybe I had introduced myself. What was your name on the on the website? Kung Flurry. Okay. <laughs> Which was okay. a joke because my friend uh, bit into a piece of metal while he was eating a McFlurry, and the joke Whoa. was that well, I think my friend Joel Ziering he bit into a McFlurry, and uh, or maybe it was my friend Zachary, but one of those dudes. They broke their tooth or something, uh. and the joke was that the, the McFlurry kicked their ass, and someone was like, "Yeah, new Kung Fu was a Kung Flurry," and like, so we just that was a dumb inside joke, and we named our skate video locally Kung Flurry, and so when I made a you know name on this stupid website, okay. made it Kung Flurry. So Grant knew me as Kung Flurry, and he was like, so he was like, what a he was like, yeah, are these yours? Is this you, Matt Price? And I was like, yeah, yeah, oh, that's me, sorry, and I was like. I sent them in for critique at that point. I didn't think something would get run. I told him I want to send them in so you can tell me what I can do better. You know, you didn't I didn't put your... Matt Price, the name of the skater, the name of the trick, the place it was. You didn't nothing, put anything. Nothing. Just no. blank. After that, I did. Right. <laughs> After that day, I did forever. But yeah, it was just an empty, like a sheet of slides. And he was like, hey, can you give me the info on this one? We're going to run it in issue 14. And I was just like, what? Which one was it? Uh, Levi Brown. He, it was okay. the Ollie to Fakie on this really tight brick transition. He was blasted. It was like one of those like natural it was at a bank like a natural transition that was like three feet probably of transition and then maybe like eight feet of vert and he was probably like five feet into the vert just doing a boned ollie fakie it was nice stylish stylish yeah levi's you know for sure he's got the pop he's got the style (laughs) did you get paid for that yeah 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 i don't remember probably a couple hundred bucks i don't know i think it ran like it ran past the bleed or past the half page mark so i think you got a full page rate i think it was probably 250 or something nice and uh but i was just like i sent those in thinking he was just gonna say like move your flashes or like you know keep going or something and they ran it and i was so just like great. holy shit like because i was told early on when i was shooting skate photos by some friends in the skate industry mike stanfield shout out to film bot files mike, oh, stanfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mike had told me and he was just great trying mustache, he was trying oh, yeah. great mustache. real good mustache <laughs> he was trying to help me out when i was like 17 and was like don't even bother submitting to skateboard mag you know send your stuff to thrasher that's a good place to start you know because at the time it was kind of like that was the hierarchy you know Clearly not the case now. But then that was the time. It was like, maybe maybe try Thrasher first, you know, and mm. get your foot in the door. Because Skateboard Mag is like, you know, they're not even going to look at your shit. You're not shooting with the right guys. You're not, like, they got a Tiba. Like, you're well, not. They had, like, you can the, get the photographers there. Yes. You get photo graffiti if you get, get in Thrasher. Oh, yeah, I think go. that's yeah, probably yeah, what he was thinking. Yeah. He thought, like, best case scenario, you can get a photo of Marty and photo graffiti. And I would have been, like, ecstatic. I was like, holy shit. So I, I did some of that, you know, and I had some photos, you know, some stuff involved with Thrasher. And then, um, and I just sent it to Grant. I, I, I went against Mike's wishes, you know, not his wishes, but at the time I was like believing him as like gospel, you know, and, sure. and I was like, well, let's just see what happens. You know, I talked to Grant Britton. He was nice to me. And uh, yeah, so that we already out. have an in with this, with this guy stick stick. Yeah, yeah. I was hitting up stick and I was, you know, Kung Flurry and stick had a, had a rapport, yeah, <laughs> but you eventually got hired for the skateboard mag really quickly after that like like photo editor wait what were you uh editor well i was that was later i was just i was just hired as a staff photographer in the beginning did they want you to just cover az or did they want you to come out here to la 
No, they it was a I mostly covered like AZ stuff and then they sent me on trips. Okay. So it was like I went on tours with people and stuff and that was kind of like within within a year of sending the, that first photo run they had me shoot Phoenix Am for them I had a few mm. assignments or whatever okay. and then they uh then they you know were like oh do you want a job and That was your first paid photos that you got from the beginning? No, so the first photo I ever had run was in Slap Mag and it was or they were ads the first two things i had run it was an ad of marty Morowski for dvs sick and uh there was an ad for a very different situation josh hawkins for a brand called busted skateboards wow. which in hindsight what a name josh hawkins man he's gnarly wow. oh it was a gnarly it was a tray flip on a yeah spot back home. it was fucked it was like yeah. a really really crazy trick and so i had those two in the same issue those were my first ever like published in escape mag photos so sick. and then i had a few things in thrasher mm-hmm. i had a thing called the skater's eye uh, where they like, you know, it was, a, it was kind of a photographer checkout a little bit, you know, and I had a few photos in that. Um, and I had something in, I had a photo in the Transworld photo annual. My theory forever is that, that Transworld started showing me love and then the skateboard mag guys were like, oh shit. Um, like, you know, like, yeah, well, th- there weren't any like young photographers really at the time. All the photographers mm-hmm. were in their late twenties or thirties and I was like 18 we're coming oh, up. Wow. Yeah. Fresh. And I think they were like, oh shit, this, we got to get in on the next generation mm-hmm. maybe. And skin ran a few of my, he gave, I got a photographer checkout in trans world and the photo issue in like 20, 2005, 20, this is 2005 maybe or 2004. <laughs> and, uh, and then I had a photo in the photo annual and it was, I think those guys were like, oh fuck. We got like, yeah, yeah, we got to swoop. I mean, at this time too, man, the skateboard mag—it was this new thing. I mean, how long was it in business for? To eight, ten, nine, ten years, something like About that. Ten, I think. Ten. ten? Say ten but nine. when it first came out, it was this. I mean, it was a T, but Jeff. I mean, they, they had like oh, Blayback, Blayback, Siva, they had Andy, they had the dopest Grant people, yeah. legendary squad. And so this whole and just the layout—it was like this fresh. Akko, Akko laid yeah, it out. Yeah. It was fucking great. Fresh new magazine. Dave Carney writing. Mm. They had, you know, Naratko was doing stuff. Kevin Wilkins oh, is yeah. like, you know, it's just mm. all these people that, all the people to me that made Transworld, because I was a Transworld kid for sure. Like I was like, I grew up loving Transworld and that was the, the crew from Transworld. All the best guys all left and mm. went over there, you know? Also, oh, the, the, the bind of the, the the magazines ended up making like a photo. So if you had them all, like you, yeah, oh, yeah. that was like kind of dope. Like I don't Oh, remember, the attention to detail. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember anybody doing that. Again, I think we hadn't had a new magazine for a, a while anyway, too. So having this new thing to come out with all these dope dudes was like, it was a special thing. Yeah. For sure. I mean, the first issue of that magazine, that was before I worked for them, of course, but that like changed mm-hmm. my, like a few magazines from my youth. I remember really like being like, that's a magazine I'll remember forever. The first Thrasher King of the Road, got to give respect to that. It was, it was amazing. It was fucking, it was awesome. The first issue of the Skateboard Mag ever. Those two issues mm-hmm. were issues that stuck with me forever like i can tell you every page of the first issue of the skateboard mag there's like a cairo interview in there that was amazing the danny way stuff was great like it was sick like there was so much good as a photographer too as someone who loves skate photography i remember telling my dad when i was i must have been 17 when that came out and i was just like pouring over it in my room and just so psyched and we were talking he was like what's this you know i was like a new magazine whatever and i was like this is the magazine i want to work for i was like this is what is my dream i was like i want to work for these guys and you spent eight years working for them yeah it was like two years after i had that conversation with my dad it was like it happened and i was just like well that was okay (laughs) terrifying but fast when you you manifested that bro yeah wanted it i mean yeah when you said you got um so you're working for a skateboard mag. What does that entail every month that you do for them? Like, like obviously you're just submitting photos, but they're like, is there a quota of stuff you need to get done within the month? No. So it was just like, send us first dibs. It was a retainer, right? So technically okay. I wasn't like a, an employee, but it was like, send us first dibs of everything you shoot. 
and we'll tell you what we want to run. And if we don't run something, then you're free to like sell it for an ad or like they told me even I could submit to other mags, which I felt weird about at that time. Cause that's also like if you were staffed for a mag and they're on their masthead, like no one else really wanted mm-hmm. to run your shit editorial wise. Mm-hmm. So, but I could sell it for ad or whatever. Um, but it was like, you know, I was 750 bucks a month. That was what I got. That was my first retainer, you know, which when you're 19 and if still living at home, yeah. like I was in a good position. I had, my parents were rad and helpful and let me live at home and supported me. And it was like 750 a month when you're living at home is dope. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, like, for sure. That's great. And uh, so, yeah, that was looking back. Like I remember feeling this immense amount of pressure. I and mean, every month if a mag came out and I didn't have something run, I would feel bad. Right. Like I'd be like, fuck. They didn't like. You know, I didn't have anything this month, you know. And I would feel like I was fucking up. And now looking back, I'm like, seven fifty. You can afford it. <laughs> That's fine. And they probably were too. They're like, yeah, like you're just. We're letting you like, you know, figure it out. You yeah, know, yeah. Get your feet wet. Yeah. Barracks ended up buying the skateboard mag, which I think that was part of the. It, it, it was kind of a sad thing, right? I mean, I don't know if it was a barracks fault or whoever it was, but you could tell. I mean, that was kind of the downfall of the skateboard mag it was in i think it was in a tough place the everything was moving to the internet the skateboard mag was very focused on print and photography video was becoming king Mm -hmm. quickly we probably didn't have the video capacity that we should have had for that time um there was you know there was seven owners of the mag too there was a lot of cooks in the kitchen a lot of people wanted different things you know and everyone no one wanted a wrong thing everyone wanted the right thing for the direction they wanted to go but it was kind of getting pulled in lots of different directions you can't do that yeah it's it's tough you know and that was a good early lesson in like oh yeah there can't be seven captains of one ship it's tough you know like i think if in that moment like atiba and akko had their own mag and swift and grant had their own mag they both would have been great successes because they were just on you know just different pages and it was it's understandable like it's not bad it doesn't you know no one was wrong no one was right it just was like yeah it was what it was it just wasn't that was combined with the internet and the video thing and thrasher kind of investing heavily in video and it just kind of this whole thing kind of happened quickly in the mag just for whatever reason probably lost sponsors and you know it was kind of it happened slowly at first then quickly yeah print was going out of style yes exactly and it's like you can't support a brand because at the end of the day like thrasher is a brand skateboard Mm -hmm. mag is a brand you can't support a brand just on a print magazine at that point thrasher was also starting to sell way more t-shirts and like you know the brand of thrasher was like growing Mm -hmm. and due to a lot of things they Mm -hmm. did you know they're good at what they do but um and yeah the mag i think was just in a, a spot where they didn't know really what to do with it so yeah, yeah. they i think the barracks came in and was like well, we want a mag because the barracks at the time i think was the only digital skate media that could like compete with the thrasher mm. so i think maybe barra thought yeah we're gonna go head to head and we're gonna right. buy a magazine and we're gonna make a magazine mm. and uh but you left shortly after yeah yeah they, I, I worked for the barracks for like four months it okay. just i don't just wasn't a good fit i just nothing against them i just wasn't really like didn't feel I think I might my time was already probably done and then that was kind of like the nail in the coffin I was like oh, I'm good were you because you went to work for uh, CCS yeah but was that did you quit skateboard mag before CCS or was that already in the talks of you getting a job there so so I uh, so I, I had talked to Dave Swift who like so Swift was like it's funny I first talked to Grant but Swift was the person who really like I think pushed for me to work there and Swift was like the dude who had my back I mean Grant had my back too his team everybody but like Swift really was like you're going to be our guy. And I owe Swift a ton because he was the dude through the whole journey who kind of like taught me a ton of stuff, you know, like really I learned a lot about magazines through him and skateboarding and the industry. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to Swift and was like, Hey, I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to move on, you know, I'm gonna, which was crazy. Cause like I got my dream job at 19, which was my entire identity. I was, n- I was nothing before that. Right. Like I had nothing. And then all of a sudden I had like these guys, Atiba and Grant and Swift telling like a brand or a pro, like this is our guy, go shoot with him. 
and it was like I got instant access to all these pros and all these people I grew up with, and it was like really cool. And so I just my whole existence at that point was I am Matt Price. I work for the skateboard mag. And How, like, when did you move out here to LA? Oh, I didn't move out to LA till like five years ago. Till oh, after like five C- years till ago. like mid CCS. But um, but so I was still in Arizona at the time, mm-hmm. and I was in Miami with uh, my wife, and I had just started dating at that point, and I was out there with her family, and it was. I don't know if it was a holiday or what, but I remember calling Swift and it was like, I was like shaking. Like I was like, I was, I thought I was going to cry. I was like, dude, I'm like, I, I'm moving on. Like, you know, right. I'm leaving and, and I appreciate everything. That was after I had been the photo editor for a few years. I had come and worked in Oceanside with them in the office and went back to being a photographer and just was kind of like, you know, it's time for me to move on. And obviously it was cool about it. It was fine. And then not even, an, I had done a side job for the new owner of CCS who had mm-hmm. just bought it like a couple months before. And uh, I got an email an hour later. I was feeling crazy. And you, know, you feel like buzzing. You know, you're just like, holy shit. He emailed me. He's like, hey, I want you to come to Portland and interview for this job, like to be full time at CCS. And I was wow. like, wow. All right. Well, that seems meant to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was wow. like, that's and, crazy. Yeah. It was like, what, you know, when they say whatever, the whole cliche of like, when a door closes, another one opens. Mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> right away. Like, it was fucking that's amazing. So we went up to Portland took the, and took the job. Well, not that fast. So no. I, I, uh, I didn't want to move to Portland. I, I, not, nothing against Portland. I just I was back in Arizona at that point. I had lived in Oceanside for a few years because mm. I worked at the mag. And then we had Susie and I had started dating. We moved back to Arizona. And then I, at that point, I was like, I'm never leaving Arizona again. I'm staying here forever. And so when he was like, I want to give you this cool job, but you got to move to Portland. And I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> I was like, can I stay here and do it? And he's like, no. So we worked at a deal where I did like, you know, a third of the job on retainer from Arizona for about nine months to a year. Because CCS at the time, Foot Locker had, had bought CCS in like 2007, 2008. Perfect timing with the financial crisis, like just bad, bad timing for sure. And, you know, probably a few instances of maybe like not understanding what they bought and, you know, some just a bunch of stuff combined. Sure. And uh, within, you know, a few years by 2012, 2013, they were just shutting it down. Uh, Darren Horowitz and his, and a group of investors bought it. Uh, Darren, who was who contacted me mm-hmm. and was like, "Can you help us?" You know, my friend Kevin Wilrick was doing social media for them at the time. This is from Daddy's Board Shop. Yes, they were. So they owned Daddy's Board Shop, and they and Daddy's Board Shop had done a really good job at uh, like they did e-com for skateboards and longboards, and um, they yeah they bought CCS. Uh, they bought all like the IP basically, mm-hmm. but it didn't come with anything. They didn't get any inventory. They got none of the team, none of the employees. So they just bought the face and the brand. Exactly. Yeah, they bought the brand CCS, and they in lightning time it was crazy how fast because uh, Foot Locker had shut it down they did right. like 70% off sales they sold off everything they had and were like okay it's done and then these guys bought it and then within a month or two had it back online you know kind of a a, a beta version almost sure. just like chugging to like let it get it going and then my friend Kevin who's one of my like childhood friends um, he was like you know connected me with Darren and he's like oh you just left your job you should talk to him and that's when I started doing kind of TM oh, okay. stuff for them and kind of helped them get a few writers on like I got mm. like Ben Rayborn on the team and uh, Chris Millick, which okay. oh, you know, yeah, at the yeah, time, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, like yeah. it was kind of, it was random. Like I had a, re- it was a really random CCS team compared to like it was Nigel, Shane O'Neill, sure. Silas. You know, oh, it was yeah. like yeah. superstars before, but it was kind of like this thing of like, well, there's no, there's no blueprint for what this is right now. So I was just like, well, these guys are my friends, mm-hmm. and the, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was Rayborn, Chris Millick, and Preston Harper, my buddy from Arizona, and. I was like, well, you guys should be the team and <laughs> we should just make some stuff. And uh, yeah, fast forward a year later, I accepted the job uh, and I moved up to Portland and took on like the brand director role. And How long did you move? Uh, how long did you live up in Portland for? I was in Portland for three years. Three, three years? Three winters is how I count it. Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that's a lot. <laughs> I always of found CCS interesting because I mean they were the on the biggest online uh, mail order, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. skate shop pretty much. Everybody would you know circle what they wanted when they mm-hmm. were little kids sure. and all yeah. this stuff. So I, I feel like Zoomies was a brick and mortar store, but I feel like CCS was never like looked down upon like they were always like some core skates yeah, yeah you know yeah, what yeah. i mean like even they, they also had a team they all they had a they totally. were like they were one of the first like big skate shop teams right like people mm-hmm. would have local teams and stuff but they were the first like pro team for a skate shop true and that was like mike adamski and the original crew over there like those guys did amazing shit they were really like you know they were like trailblazers in there you know they were figuring out this new thing it's this giant mail order business for skateboards they realized like you know, ninety percent of the kids that skate in this country don't have a skate shop. True. They're not. They don't like. And I know that that's always the argument is like shop local, and you're like a lot of people can't, or their shop doesn't have what they want. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of. And I'm of course I, lo- I love Cowtown, Sidewalk Surfer, all mm-hmm. the Arizona shops I grew up with. But my childhood was both. Right. It was like some days I would get a ride to Sidewalk and be able to buy sale shoes, and some days I had to order from CCS. And, and you know, I think a lot of people like, would order from CCS, but a lot of people would circle what they wanted, then go to their shop. For sure. They'd and take see it in. They had. Right. Yeah. They, 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 yeah. Yeah. You guys got this. You guys got Mom that. Mom will go in the shop and just be like, hey, he wants these three boards. Right. right. And they, they gladly pull them off the wall. They'd right. be like, oh, so it was yeah. kind yeah. of like a win win for everybody at for that sure. point, too. But for also, sure. it's like it is those kids that don't have their closest shop is, you know, 90 miles away. Totally. And I think that like, again, I understand the argument for like, you know, the idea of like, whatever we see it with like Amazon, like big box stores can kind of like, you know, take out smaller stores. So I'm, I fully get that and see it. But my, the way I grew up was not viewing it like that. It was viewing it like some days it was this, some days it was that. And it was a nice supplement to everything that I had at my disposal, I guess. Well, I, I never, I didn't look at it like that either. I just, I just thought it was interesting that it was never looked at like that. Yeah. It had a pass. It did. Well, well, that's because it wasn't Zoomies, you know, and I'm no disrespect to Zoomies. They're, they keep a lot of skateboard companies sure, in business. Sure. But Zoomies was coming into your backyard, right? right. Like if you have a shop yeah. in Wichita, Kansas, and Zoomies opens in the Wichita Mall, that's probably a lot more, you're going to take that personally. It's detrimental sure. to that yeah, shop. Yeah, if you're yeah. the person who owns the shop. and that's I more I territorial see, for I sure. I see where that, which I, uh, Heath Kirchart told me a good story once about Subsect uh, that he has in Iowa. And when the Zoomies opened in their town, he was like, fuck, we're out of business. This is mm. done. And he said the first year he saw no change. And the next year he saw no change. And the third year he saw he saw growth. Mm. And, the, and again, that couldn't be because of a lot of things. It could be economic fact, you know, all these yeah, things. But up. his takeaway maybe was like, oh, Zoomies didn't hurt our business. And maybe it helped our business because it brought in new skaters. Mm. And I'm not saying that was just like, uh, that's not his take. That's not my take, but that's like something he noticed. And he thought, huh, it kind of changed his perspective about how he felt about it. And I was like, you might not be wrong. Like I'm not going to be here being the fucking, I'm not the big box champion guy, but I do, (laughs) I do think there's lots of ways to look at it. And I think it's important to make sure like, before you get so set on like, fuck that, it's ruining everything. You're like, okay, well, what's ruining everything? Let's let's talk about this. It's whoever, right? Because like, it could be an entry point for little kids. For sure. They're going to go to the Zoomies first. Yeah. Then after maybe a board or two, whatever, they're going to find out about Subsect and they're going to be like, I'm Heath Kirchhoff. I'm going to... And now I, I'm moving on. There's more yes. of a feel here that I'm, I'm actually vibing to. Yeah, and, and I, you just grow, grow. You just grow. Yeah. Well, as if you stick, find what's dope. My theory is they're like I always think a skate generation is like four to five years. Mm. The way I think of it is like I start. I started really getting into skating when I was 13, and then I had a driver's license in three to four years. A lot of kids once they start driving, they start going on dates. You know, they start figuring all that stuff out. Skating kind of falls by the wayside. For sure. That's pretty common, and and anyone who sticks with it past that like. 
four to five year mark is going to progress into new realms of skating. So you shouldn't be so worried about who's taking who's taking your lunch in this realm if you're a, if you're a brand that is focused on core skate. Because if you're focused on core skate, the people who have stuck with it and love it and it really like they bleed it, mm-hmm. they're going to be around and For they're sure. going to figure out what's right and they're going to they're going to support what's right. So yeah. I think like yeah, I just have always kind of thought this. That's the same with YouTube. Like, I remember when it was like early YouTube skaters, it was like this thing of like, it's so whack, it's so whack. And I'm like, it's for 12 year olds. Right. It's not whack. Like, if they skate till they're 18, they're going to come to your shop or they're going to watch your video or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like, they're going to get to that point. But like, you can't expect a 12 year old to watch like Minefield and like get it. <laughs> it's like, it's Unless years. they have people Damn around true. them, older cats that are. St- you know, yeah, schooling, schooling them, them but, but, even but yeah. living in the YouTube age for sure. It's yeah, like yeah. they're going to go to the Brails and the Andy Schrocks and for stuff sure. to get their yeah. fun yeah. skate thing, and but, then they're going to move on. Those are the new influences, though. You know, besides having like you know your older crowd around you, now it's YouTube kind right. of guiding these kids for sure. Where as before, for me, I had older dudes around me being like, "Dude, look at this! Is this is the cool shit?" Yeah, right? yeah. You know I'm saying like, and right. you, I think you have a combo now, right? There's a few. You know, you have a you can have both of those at the same time. But when you're 12 and you're afraid to go to the skate park and you don't have skate friends yet you're yeah. gonna be on youtube you're gonna watch these 100%. guys or you're gonna be going to zoomies to buy your boards or whatever and like that doesn't mean that the guys who work at zoomies are lame like they could be cool like I, I went to zoomies recently when i was in miami i needed to buy a board and i went in there and i was buying a weekend board and the dude was like i fucking love weekend and i was like that's sick yeah. i didn't expect the zoomies guy to love weekend you know and i was like that's really cool but like like you said, like there, there are versions of those guys in those places. But then if those kids stick with it long, like, dude, let that kid, that kid's going to be 18 and he's going to get angry and he's going to buy a hockey board. Like just, he <laughs> will do it. Like he will have bought a revive board from Andy Schrock when he was 12 yeah, and he'll exactly. angrily buy a hockey board when he's 18. And it's like, that's, that's now kind of like the, the journey these kids are it on. Is, it and is. it's all part of it. Cause like, you know, again, if you're like, dude, watch the hockey edit when you're 12, like, I would love, I want to do that. It's like a focus <laughs> test I'd love to do. I love hockey and I love those videos. Benny makes amazing videos, sure. but I want to do a focus group of 12 year olds watching the hockey video <laughs> and just like, just ask some what questions after. That video? Yeah, yeah. What, what about that appealed to you? I'm just curious. <laughs> but it's also, you're growing up with what you relate with too. For sure. You know, it's like when I was little and watching the blind video days, I related to Guy Mariano more than I related to Jason Lee because Jason yeah. Lee looked all like an older dude to me. And Guy was like, this, oh, he's like me. I'm, 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 I could be that good. Thing, For sure. You know? And that, that's like the old, old adage that was like the, I heard always the flip guys would say youth sells youth. <laughs> Those dudes were always like about putting on children, you know, and it's yeah, like, just, but I remember being a kid and seeing Tosh Townen and mm-hmm. being like, Tosh and me are the same age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you can, you can vibe with that, you know, like, yeah, Jason Lee has a beard, like a real beard. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, well, I don't care about a beard. I'm 15, you know, like. For sure. Dude, you're, I, you're afraid of a beard. <laughs> I think Shorty's, when I was a kid, like it was like you had Sam Baptista and you had Chad Muscat. You had like the two big, like two biggest things out there almost at that time. Sure. Muscat, and then you have the one kid that you kind of related to. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I always yeah. thought that was cool. I related to Sam Baptista for yeah. sure because yeah. you could do switch flip back tail big spins. No, actually, he was he was younger <laughs> than me, so I don't know. He felt younger than me, even though we were probably the same age. That you always think in your head, maybe yeah. you're a little older. Even if than they're you like, are. A, even True. if they're like a year younger. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching Sammy and be like, "Dude, that little kid is sick," and I'm probably like 13 saying that. <laughs> right. How old? How is Baptista? He's is a he little like, older than me. I'm. He's like what, 38, 39. He's got to be like okay. 39 or yeah, 40. Okay. Yeah. So he was older than me then. Maybe, maybe yeah. 40, he was older than me too, and I just always thought he was a little look kid. At the, look at the little Dude, kid. Dude, yeah. yeah. Rewatch some of this stuff. It is fucked. I know. Oh. He did some gnarly shit, man. He was like. Again, I, when I was watching this part as a kid, 
Desert West, shout out Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even understand what switch and regular were yet. Switch foot back tail back like, then. Dude. I didn't know what stance he was. I love that they have the wood yeah. on the outledge. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, I didn't understand like switch skating to know what was going on when he was like, you know, skating both ways. Like sure. I didn't know what stance he was. It was like confusing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by Shake Junt. Yep, the company that keeps you going in these streets. Need that perfect grip for your flick? Bearings that just don't stop? Bolts to keep your trucks on tight? Look no further. ShakeJunt.com has what you need. Grip, bearings, bolts, skateboards, rails, riser pads, grip tape cleaner, t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, and everything else in between. Treat yourself and save a couple bucks by entering 9Club at checkout. Yep, 20% off everything. Just enter 9Club, N-I-N-E-C-L-U-B at ShakeJunt.com. Get there while you can. That's so funny, man. Oh, look wow. at that gear, that Dodgers jersey. Yeah, that's so Kelly sick. Kelly jersey. Yeah. Dude, that sh- can you rewind that clip? Yeah. When he does that nollie flip, that's a crazy way to skate a bank. He waited till he stopped wait, wait, wait. and almost switch flipped going down, down, down the yeah, bank. He did. That is oh, that's did, so terrifying. Huh? He the scariest the way to skate a bank. <laughs> like he, he landed, you would do it with down. the momentum going up. Yes, that's versus, a safe way to do it. You uh, land going up and yeah. then come back down. Yeah. But that's he just, a car wash bank, by the way. That thing is steep as hell. Yeah. I love that. I love watching wow, old skate videos, like especially when kids are skating. There's a thing you do when you're a kid because you don't know what's scary yet. Like he didn't yeah. know that it was scary to to nollie flip that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, like when you get older, you learn. Like skating an out ledge is a great example because okay. when you're a kid, you're like, I can ride off a loading dock and I can nose slide a ledge that's a foot tall. So there's a foot tall ledge that's off an eight stair, and right. in your head, the math works out, and you're like, I can nose slide that, yeah. and you do. And now I'm like, you're just like, no, you could just eat shit from, you know, five feet up. Like, oh, that's yeah. the scary part. But when you're young, you just kind of have that mindset of like, carefree. the math works out and you mm-hmm. just do it. Love that. Go off that instinct, you mm-hmm. know. Let's talk about, well, we're on the CCS stuff yeah, yeah. real quick. And uh, what, what was it like working for, I mean, the people who bought it. I mean, it's still this huge entity. I'm sure they built it back up from a beta website to like this big, massive thing again. You're putting, you know, a lot of people on the team and uh, you guys are building it up. You're helping. Yeah, we're growing. Yeah, for sure. It it, it grew and it was, uh, I mean, just to give you some perspective, like, like compared to like CCS is still at this day, like not anywhere near what it was when like Foot Locker bought it. Like CCS was very, very huge. Like it was like big, big. CCS is doing well and it, and it rolls, but in the scheme of like big businesses in the world, like it's not like, you know, it's not fucking just gigantic. It's not like a Zoomies by any means, you know, but it does well for like a skate shop and for, you know, we were able to grow it, thank God. And it was, you know, we found some lanes that worked and we found some team riders that were down for it and we just, we experimented a ton. That was a really fun thing was just being like, well, there's nothing to lose, right? You bought a brand where it was kind of like, I don't want to say at its at its lowest, but like in the in the skate world, it kind of didn't have a ton of brand value at that moment because of some decision. A lot of things made it like that, you know, it's timing, all these things. But for whatever reason, it was kind of like, oh, well, there's not really a lot of place to go but up now, you know, because it's kind of like, it's an iconic brand. I grew up with it. I love it. You know, I still have a good feeling about it. And a lot of people do, but at the time it was like, well, what the fuck are they doing? So we, you know, took advantage of that and we're like, well, we can go do YouTube and shit like that. Like, right. Like that was a, that was scary for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, dude, I don't, cause at the time, what year was this? 
2016. Mm. That was when I took the full-time job and we started doing like 100 kickflips videos and stuff. And it was like, I was watching YouTube and I was like, these YouTube guys are doing really well with these young kids and, and skater, like young skaters love this YouTube stuff. And it's, it's the opposite of everything I've ever like wanted to do in skating. I want to like go on trips and shoot photos and, you know, like be quiet kind of, you know, (laughs) crazy, right? I want to be quiet. (laughs) But once you can, here's the thing with YouTube that's interesting too, is once you get a, once you get a, you start seeing the results. Yeah. That's when it becomes fun and interesting. You're like, okay, yeah, these are doing really well. The yeah. hundred kickflip things. I mean, we we were talking about the the cater one where that's got like you know almost three million views, but like, and you're famous for now, not your photography, <laughs> but um, that's when it starts to kind of click, and you're like, oh wow, people are enjoying these things. Like, I we got something here. Yeah, right. yeah. I think the 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 first one we did was just me and my friend Kevin, who we worked at CCS together, and he and he did the 100 kickflips and in the first like week it had like 50,000 views and we were getting like two, 3,000 views on anything we did up until then. Right. So it was like, oh, cool. We, we kind of struck a chord. There's something that people like about this, you know? And, uh, and so we just started, we continued to do them and grow them. And at that point, again, when it's not working, it feels embarrassing, right? Yes. When you just put yourself out there and you're There's like... There's ego involved for sure. For sure. If someone... But for me, it helped because I had a job, right? I had right. CCS was paying me to do a job, so I looked at this as part of my job, and it's like, well, that's my job. You can't talk shit. That's my job. If I had just started a YouTube <laughs> channel without a company, like you know, without a job, like I would have been so much more embarrassed. You know, right. I would have been like, if it was just you, which is stupid. YouTube, but it is stupid because everything needs to grow. Yes, it's everything so, makes you can't just somewhere. come in and just kill it. But it's like being a child star. You got to like grow in front of the world. You yeah. got to grow publicly, which uh, is like scary. You no know, one should sure. have to grow yeah. publicly. It's like this whole. So is this but, you right here? CCS welcome Scott Desenzo to the team. No, I didn't. I didn't welcome Scott Desenzo to the team. That's probably a little. What older. about CCS catches up with Corey Duffel? No, that was that was pre me. Okay. Uh, we're probably. When are we? When are we? You probably shouldn't sort by oldest. Yeah, this is really by, really old stuff. Chris, if you sort by most played, you'll find all my shit. Oh, here <laughs> we go. Here we go. Well, no, I wanted to go back because um, you want to find the beginning. Well. Yeah, I mean, twelve years ago. I mean, we're 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 coming up to it. Yeah, so we were in 2016. Was when like I started doing stuff for them. We were playing around with product reviews and stuff. So the whole hundred kickflip thing came about because everyone was doing unboxing videos, and obviously I was like, well, unboxing videos, like we don't want to just do another one of those. So our whole thing was like, well, we can do a wear test that where we show the shoes coming out of the box, and it's like a way that we can do an unboxing without mm. calling it an unboxing, and. Uh, also, just doing 100 kickflips is a great physical test of endurance. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we would trade places, me and Kevin, and we would just do them. And it was like, for me, it was good cardio. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to oh, maybe dang. lose some weight today. Are we cl- getting close here? Uh, we're getting down Ten there. Ten years? No, it would have been like probably eight. You know, eight? You going, okay. Yeah. Damn it, this thing's loading. Our internet's not really good slow. Today, Saw a slash video on there. Like, Either way, I would have had to scroll up or down. Yeah, you got to go somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, I think we, uh, we started messing with it, and it was just... Uh, it, you know, we found our lane and to me it was like, dude, you can't like, no one's like, oh my God, I can't believe CCS is doing YouTube stuff. They already were clearly, right? right. It was yeah, already there. So it's like, there's, there's no one out there, but I came coming from the mag and like, you know, going on tour with people and trying to like, not your whole goal when you're young and a photographer is to like not cook it. That's probably where we started. 
What the hell? Watch Gene get hit by two oh, cars. Why are, you, why are you guys doing? That was like a that we we got a mannequin to, to wear test CCS pants and we just threw him off buildings and had him hit by cars and stuff. We we were just throwing shit at the wall, right? We just were like or off buildings, yeah. off buildings. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Matt Price right here. That was the Brad Cromer. So I was never supposed to do one, but Kevin rolled his ankle after the first one we did. So I had to do the second one, and it was this was very hard for me. They got easier as time went on. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> I proposed to my wife in that Jinkum hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Does your wife know what Jinkum actually means? Oh yeah, we laugh okay, about okay. it all the time. Okay. The fact that that was we have a video of it. Man. Oh, but this is really cut together. This is this is way yeah primitive to what it is what it became. Yeah, I mean they changed a lot, and we did a. Me and Kevin used to do a bunch of goofy shit where like we would do theme on like. You know, we did one in the we tag teamed one where we both we picked a shoe Whoa. size in between <laughs> our two shoes. Calm down, Chris. Easy, buddy. We we picked like I'm an 11 and he's a nine, and we picked a 10, mm -hmm. and we each did 50. Uh, but we dressed okay. up like old WWF wrestlers and did like stupid macho man voices, and you know we went, we leaned into just <laughs> like you, making brother. goofy shit, like right, right. But we uh Kevin, I have a I used to have a skateboard company called Brimley in Arizona, mm -hmm. and Kevin rode for that, and like we just did goofy shit all the time, like we just made stupid skits and just like you know. Goofy stuff. Look at that hair. Where is Putting this? that work is this in, in, man? This is in Portland. That's in Portland. Yeah, it's like the waterfront. Right, 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 there's right, an old right. video right to the right of me. There's like a downhill, like a thing that goes down to a dock that Brent actually, I think, Trey flips into in the old Element video. Mm. Oh, the end is part? Yep. Yep. It's the same spot where he does the best tray flip ever, where he does that. He pushes, and the <laughs> second his foot touches the tail, he does the tray flip. Yeah, that was nuts. Magic. I think a lot of people got a kick out of these, though. I think that was kind of one big hit that you guys did was this like hundred kickflip. For sure, yeah. for sure. I think it was, and that that was a good lesson in like, oh man, like you could do ten things all year, and one thing matters more than anything else. You know, it was like the, mm -hmm. these videos kind of helped, and and they were fun to make. That's like the the best part for me to this day. If I can do a hundred kickflips in a day, I'll be so hyped. It's like oh, an yeah. accomplishment. Oh, like, yeah. But you, like, this is a good just wear test video too to show how a shoe breaks down, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if your shoe doesn't last a hundred kickflips, it's not a good shoe. Did yeah. any like, shoes not last a hundred? They did. There started ripping. There were a few. If you watched through, there were a few that probably didn't you know hold really? up as well as some of the others, and we were did pretty that, honest did those about companies it. Companies come at they were just like, "Yo, guys." No, most of the time you guys it, are they weren't bone. No, no, okay, they were like okay. they. Most of the time they were like, "Oh shit, we need to," you know, like, mm, yeah. "Okay, we should well, have been doing this." By <laughs> we got to fix our shit. Should have been doing some. Uh, That's why you're like, why? Why didn't you do this? Right, like, exactly. You know, I know, like NHS, they have a machine probably that yeah. does that shit. Right, they have right, the beanbag yeah. thing for the right. boards or whatever. <laughs> like, shouldn't you just have a fake foot that does this all day? Yeah, but. It really points out Just that like R and D guys, yeah. for sure. But the nuance of like a human kickflip, I think, is just so like especially a bad kickflip. I think that's almost a better wear test because the majority <laughs> of people buying these shoes are not going to be good at kickflips. Right. So seeing a bad kickflip in it and an inconsistent kickflip, like watching Kelly do a hundred tray flips, that probably didn't help sell the shoe. Like no one's like, well, that was awesome because that's I was, how I'm gonna skate. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome because tray flips you don't really like use your toe that much. Yeah, yeah. So like the shoe afterwards like brand new looking still. Well, yeah. Mm. yeah. That, <laughs> we we leaned into like that was more of like a clickbait of like wow can you do 100 tray flips you know sometimes yeah. there were tests that maybe didn't wear test the shoe as much that were just like oh this is a cool thing to see and like kickflip though but kickflip always did the best because mm -hmm. there's more kids on youtube just searching the word kickflip kick that's true right. so they're just speaking like, of seeing how many views did this get Which i mean one? i don't know that one the we just watched ones. oh kickflips i mean they did a bunch of them Wait, go back really quick, like Raj, to the hundred kickflips. Uh, kick Let's see. No, he did draw. He did this with like a bunch of different shoes. Right. No, that that. But that was just one of them. I just was wondering. Oh yeah, like, yeah. What So the like the, the cater one has a few million, I think, and That's like there's a few. Like I have one I did in the Ave shoe that got like over like 
a half a million or something. Yeah. I which mean, it's it's all out of focus. It's just crazy. There's so much like. Uh, it was a big learning experience of like sometimes we put a video up that looked like actual shit and mm. it did ten times better. Right. Yeah. And I'm in there thinking like, are we supposed to make the videos look like shit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is this what we do every time now? Like, it's working. Yeah. It was a. Uh, but I don't know. It was it was really fun and it was really like kind of just this like innocent. I don't know. We just got to like fuck around and like figure out what would work for what what do you do for like a, an online skate shop in that era? You know. And right. it was a. Uh, I don't know. It was cool. It was really fun. And I still work with CCS to this day, you know, like uh, not full time, but I still do work with them. And mm. I love the whole crew over there. And like, we just, I'm really, I'm super proud of, you know, what we were able to well, grow. You helped to grow it. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. We were all like, you know, we all played a part in kind of like bringing back a brand that I grew up with, you know, that we all grew up with. And the team, you know, like the fact that in the beginning, when I first worked there, it was a real sell to get my, my good friends to ride for it. I was like, come on, do stuff. You can do fun stuff with me. I'll pay you. Right. You just got to ride for CCS. And in the beginning, that was a tough sell. And then cool. by the end, it was like, you know, you, I could, we made wow. a quick call to Louie and we're like, Louie Lopez, you want to ride for CCS? And he's like, yeah. You're not like, even giving like, him any roll away. I mean, right when he puts his, I don't even know if he landed it. Chris, it's a hundred. We can't do like a I don't even know if he landed to 22 minute video. They have to be, you know, concise. I remember that. That was the day after my birthday too. And I was like, Look at all the tries where we were trying to do doubles and I was behind him, but I bailed mine. Bailed you see it. these clips of me rolling up, but I don't, didn't do one at the very end. I think they I just, that's actually they a good, all the same. That's actually a good spot to do a flat ground trick at though. Yeah, you know, no, the ground is really yeah. good. Kelly, that was, that helps a lot. It was fucked. Tom did a hundred kickflips the same day and didn't miss a single one. That's right. Mm, the Thomas S, the S team. Yeah. Thomas yeah, he's, he's good. He's the good. S team is really a uh, consistent guys. That was awesome. That was fun to do. And I think we went through it like, oh, yeah, that was straight 100 right there. I, I didn't, I totally like blanked. Kelly's like, I just blacked out. And then you yeah. told me it was 100. And I was like, oh, shit. No, but I like, did it in a row. I was like, that's, I the, don't know. The funnest part about that was once we got a few under our belt and they had views and we could go show people, then when pros started doing it, it was fun to like implement. Like, you know, I did one with PJ Ladd one time, which was sick, you know, like as a fan, you know. Leo Romero did the first, uh, he was the first pro. Which is funny because I just would have thought he would have been the last person on the list I would ask. And he was the first pro to be like, yeah, I'll do that. He's so dope. Oh, yeah. He'll do super down yeah, Leo's down for yeah. sure. Yeah. So you guys just did this on your own and then started it. So this was a whole just. Yeah. I wasn't going to go ask pro skaters to do this. I wasn't going to be like, hey, we do But you were already in it. the end. Like you were already in. Yeah, but that's even more. I don't want to. I don't want to get out. I'm like, I don't. They're like, oh yeah, I want, that, that would just be your out. Right they're like, there. Price, like every, Price shot my skateboard mag cover, and I think of him in this way. And then today he called me and was like, "Will you do 100 kickflips for a YouTube video for CCS?" <laughs> like at at that time, I was like scared to make that call to yeah. people. You know, yeah. I was like, "Oh, I don't want to be that guy." And like, it's funny how now. I mean, obviously, YouTube is a huge part of skateboarding, and it's interesting now how tables have turned, and yeah, you want to do something for our YouTube channel, like sure. that's, it's a yes. Of course. Like most, most of the people want to do stuff yeah, yeah. because they know they could go out and do a map with Matt Price and do a hundred kickflips and get like, you know, hundred thousand views or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I mean, there's a potentially. Chance. Well, like when you, when you guys started the show, when you started the show, was it, was it hard to get instant, guests? Instant success. Sorry, instant. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Never, never any issue. Got it, got it. Never. Yeah. No, we hit the ground running and obviously, I mean, Roger knew everybody from all the mags Yeah, and we're sent, he's sending out email blasts up to like episode a hundred or something. Right, Raj? Yeah. I mean, we're, we, Hey, we just came out with, new, we're weekly by the way. So That's we're coming true. out with the Roger sending out, Hey, here's a new episode with so-and-so he's sending it to thrash or skateboard every, every media place. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, because we wanted to get out there. We wanted them to cover it. But did, did you have a lot more no's in the beginning than later on? No, people were down to post. Yeah, people were posting. I think dude. people were posting, but at the end of the day, it's weekly. So it, it got to a point where it was I, like, hey, just if you're into it, yeah, like yeah. the person, or maybe you're doing something with this at the moment, maybe you could like... I guess I meant more like the guests, like when you were asking people to come oh. on the show. Was anyone like weary about like what, a YouTube podcast? Because when you guys started it, there no, wasn't, it wasn't nearly we, as common as, as it is now. So obviously we did Kelly the first one and then it was like our friends, Joey, yeah, yeah. Daniel, Eldridge. Um, sure, it was like easy yeses in the easy, beginning. Easy, right? And then everybody from there was like, <laughs> this is sick. I want to come on. They got B-B-Bull it. Be I want to do that, bro. Yeah. Everybody was like, I want to do this. I want to do this. <laughs> so, Everyone. No, yeah. that, was, that was fun. That was exciting to look back at those times. I mean, seven years. Yeah. I mean, we didn't. You know what I mean? Like, we're just trying this. Yeah. Nobody, listen, people were doing podcasts, but I don't know. It just never really, nobody took it and ran with it Mm-mm. yet. Well, no one puts 8,000 lights up to do it, and that's where you guys really fucking stuck dude, out, I think. Dude, they, I, these were already lights before. It was yeah. It used to be really hot. Yeah. I wish you could was. see. Oh, I, was, I remember once when I was, when, when like Eric was still like oh, here yeah. every night. I, I don't remember who was on, but I was here once in the very beginning mm-hmm. when Eric Longden, yep. shout out Eric Longden for, yes, you know, yeah. being yeah. an o- OG at the Nine Club. Uh, Dude, for real. He, like, I remember it feeling just like, whoa, this is... And I just remember thinking, like, there's so many fucking cameras. What are you... And you just edited all of them at the time? Yeah. And I was just like, this is insane. I would sit on my couch with a laptop, with a hard drive. Yeah, it was horrible. I just... I remember thinking, like, I don't... I'll never work this hard. Like, I'll, I'll never... Like, there, when I see hard work to that level, I'm just like... Pfft. I can't do it. I can't even fathom it. I'm well, like I'm way we, too lazy for but that. But also shit. we knew that like YouTube, you have to be consistent. For sure. You have to be like this was a thing, like we were gonna go all in, we needed to do yeah. one a week. We couldn't totally. just do one whenever we felt like it. And you know, like I always back then I always made the comparison to like Seinfeld wasn't Seinfeld because they, they just wanted to put out an episode whenever. Yeah, like yeah. people knew what time they were gonna be on, they knew they gained an audience, like it became popular over time. It wasn't an instant success either. Consistency. You know? And Consistency. you gotta not Everything. be afraid. It's like the YouTube thing, you gotta not be afraid to have a hundred views on the first shit you do. Sure. You know? Which again, I'm still too afraid of. You know, you gotta throw this... your ego out the door. Yeah. For sure. You gotta... Because you thinking about all that stuff now. Like imagine Tom Asta. He's he's doing well with his YouTube channel now, you yeah. know? I th- he still has a ways to go, but in the very beginning if he was just like, "Oh, no, I'm only getting a couple hundred views." Like, yeah. He wouldn't be where he's at now. Yeah. For sure. And nobody's looking back now and being like, I "Remember Tom used to get 200 views?" <laughs> yeah. Nobody. Well, no, what's important is the 200 people who are watching Tom are like, "I love Tom." Yes. And yeah. you're like, "That's cool." And the next episode it's 201, and the next episode is 200. This is you know, why like, you can build a community on YouTube that yeah. I think you cannot build on TikTok and Instagram. Like people are they're, fa- they're they're clicking on you because they want to. For sure. I think and there's a skating kind of ingrains this like idea in you as someone like I I can talk all day. I like to mm-hmm. talk. I'm okay being on camera. Like all these things, but it kind of puts you in this place of like no, you shouldn't do that. You right. should just shut up and like do your thing <laughs> silently, whether it's skating or taking photos or whatever, you know, for years. And it's like, and you're like, I'm going to point a camera at myself and talk and it's like you feel like there's a, like a whole gallery of people like just aimed up at you like (laughs) what are you doing what are you doing that's not the case no one fucking cares right they're all doing their own shit like everyone's doing their own shit and they're worried about themselves and like you're just like oh no i've been you've been operating in this mindset of like everyone in skating is going to look at me forever everyone's going to everyone's going to care and then you do it and you're like oh no one fucking cares it's hard not to though we're in such a small industry that's what's tough though i was I remember I used to do YouTube stuff like 2011 and I used to get shit from people 
For sure. Yeah, like they were just like, dude, you're you're literally crazy. For so doing that, that discouraged you. Yeah, and I stopped. Yeah. Well, that again, maybe you're a little too early, but yeah. also the people you. It's funny because at the time you're like, I got shit from tons of people. In reality, it was probably like four people. Well, it was people that like I was like was riding look, with. Yeah, I that you look with. up to or yeah. you like respect. Oh, that it was people that you fucked with that you skated with. Yeah, and they, but I, honestly, they just didn't understand. It was right when social media was well, you, actually yeah. becoming something. You right? should name them. Are they bad people? We should call them. No, they're they're <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> No, they're awesome. It's just more of like, I think a lot of people didn't see social media coming in like it was. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people were late to it. But also that. skateboarding, they, yeah. they don't want to change. Exactly. They're yeah. very stuck in their ways. They hate on everything. Yeah. Stuck yeah, no, in their no ways. No one wants to change. And they will when it comes time, you know? And I think well, that- They're forced to at, the, at a certain point. Because here's the thing is like kids, kids coming in, they're always going to be the winners. Like us old farts are, you know what I mean? Like how- Yeah. We, we're old. And the last thing we want to do- is be old trying to be young. We can we can all just hope hope to God that we do something that we actually like to do that maybe someone young cares about. Right. Like that's yeah. the best chance we have of staying relevant as you get older. You're like, I'm gonna do what I like and hopefully someone that's not, you know, and if it is just old people, that's cool too. Like if it's other people my age that like what I do, that's rad. Mm -hmm. Someone young is like into what I do, I'm like, whew, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's where like the YouTube shit like say I don't know, like saved me in a play. way. It's like, yeah, there's like a bunch of kids that like now probably maybe found out I shoot photos or whatever because they saw me on YouTube doing this thing and it's like I think about it with TV shows, like with you know when you're a kid and you're watching like, you know Dave Summers on you know whatever on like Nickelodeon or whatever or Mark Summers Double Dare, Dave. yeah Mark yeah, Summers Double on Double Dare. Dare and you're like you don't think that dude's a fucking kook because he's like out there being all charismatic <laughs> with a mic or whatever and then you're older and you're just like oh shit it's Mark Summers he's sick I remember him yeah, from when I was a kid yeah, you know yeah, you, yeah, you don't sure. you don't feel that way like maybe Mark Summers contemporaries who like did Shakespeare or some some shit were like wow he's doing a kids show like right. how embarrassing <laughs> like fuck that like it's like I don't know it's more important I think to just do what feels right and then yeah, yeah the next generation will it'd be into it or not you know True. and who the hell cares man listen at the end of the day start something try something you know cause you you ain't paying rent with opinions listen <laughs> I wanna um, we gotta we gotta talk I wanna ask you this question cause I think it's interesting do you ever have camera madness like a skateboarder has madness, like they go through board madness, like they have my trucks, my, oh, I got to find a new shape. I got to do this. Like, do you ever have camera madness where you're like, oh, this camera, I got to maybe switch mm. this or I want to try this camera or do this or. No, no, I don't. I don't. You stick to what you. Well, for skate photos, I kind of have like my shit. Okay. Like I don't really like, I just have the same camera. I keep the same camera body for a really long time mm -hmm. until it's like outdated and there's like a new one that has a better screen or something you know it's like i'll probably have the same body for like five to ten years wow. I, had, I had one body for 10 years at one point okay but it's like now because it's like dude it doesn't matter if your camera shoots like 25 megapixels and it's full frame like you don't need anything big i don't need anything lenses that, do you ever go through le lens mm, stuff sometimes no? once i find what i like i just kind of stick, stick with, with it yeah okay. like i'm pretty like for, I like to play with film cameras. I like to buy a ton of weird film cameras and try things out, and I think that's fun. But with uh, with that stuff, once I find something that works, because I like to do kind of the same thing a lot. I like the same type of photo. I'm not really trying to... I don't, I don't, I don't feel like there's a ton of like technical envelope pushing. Mm. If there's something that could let me move faster, right? If like I could set up quicker... If tomorrow there was like a flash that was like the same power as the flashes I use, but it was like this big and it had a sticky back on it, and you could just stick quarter. it to a wall, <laughs> yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> because I want to get Work my... smarter, not harder. One smaller. I want my uh, camera bag to be tiny. I want to be able to move quickly with it and get things in and out fast. That was like an old uh, 
I remember back in the day, because everyone had light stands and Lumidine flashes, uh, Q flashes before that, and they were, you know, they have a battery pack and a cord. And uh, when so I was... So weight's very important to you. Less for weight. For sure, for sure. I want like a, ti- a tiny backpack. And then, because the best shit you're going to get is the shit that's happening when no one's looking always. Yeah. Is the shit when you can like... And honestly, like half the stuff I shoot now has no flashes, because if you're out with the right skaters and they're just doing cool shit... You just got to like pull a fisheye out and just start like rifling shit off. And then you'll be like, holy shit, that was a cool photo. And like, or if it's a quick bus spot, like the coolest spot is always going to be you got 10 minutes. So it's like, all right, do you want to spend nine minutes setting up flashes and try right. one photo? Like I bought a, a Lumidine was like, you know, is the really nice flash everyone shot with Hasselblad stuff. And I bought one once and uh, it came in the mail and I opened the one box that was the battery pack. And I took the battery pack out and it weighed, God, I felt like 20 pounds. <laughs> And I just looked, I was like, nope. And I put it back in the box, sealed it up, and I just sent it back. <laughs> I didn't even open the head. I never tested it. I just knew. I was like, dude, there's no way I want this. And I was going to have to get two. No. I was like, fuck, I don't want, like, I, again, all respect to photographers who do that. Like, Ollie Barton will skate down the street in Barcelona with two rolly bags and a mm-hmm. backpack and light stands, and he'll make mm-hmm. the most beautiful photo you've ever seen. And I just never will. Like, I'm never going to be the guy who makes the most beautiful photo you've ever seen. I'm better off being the guy with, like, one flash that can be quick and get close and like you, you find your lane, you know, and you kind of just, <laughs> it's still a good it. shot. Yeah. 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 It's good yeah. in a different way. It's yeah. dirty. Like I, it's dirty. Like everything, like I don't fucking like, I, I'm not clean and like, you know, I'm right. not filthy. I don't smell bad, but like, <laughs> I'm not like a really like, I see people that are like so fresh, you know? And I'm like, fuck, I'm so jealous. I wish I could be so fresh, but like <laughs> just not. And I won't be. And that's okay. What kind of camera do you use now? Uh, Canon 5D Mark IV is what I use for most skate photos. And that's okay. like just a, full frame Canon SLR and I have like Canon lenses and Zeiss lenses and uh, that Canon fisheye, the zoom one. That's my secret. Sweet. Well, someone uh, who's T who had, wait, wait, so like get, gather your thoughts, Kelly. I'm just trying to think, did you learn, who did you learn from originally? Like who do you think uh, Swift taught you the most? Do you think? Uh, as far as cameras or photography, like I feel like, uh, I mean, I just learned from watching the guys on skateboardphotography.com were the guys who taught me. Like there was like my friend Chase Wilson, uh, Scott Dukes was a rollerblade photographer. Now he uh. shoots a lot of like cars and he shoots like big boy photos now and mm. he's a retoucher. And the Bastionel, who is the dude who started skateboardphotography.com, those are the people that I actually learned. They would have like little diagrams on there where they'd be like, they'd show you a skate photo and they'd be like, this is where the skater was, this is where the photographer was, this is what his lens was, this oh. is where the two flashes or three flashes were, mm. what power they were. What are they making? The, they're drawing down. this? Yeah, they draw it. I've done it for people. When Mike Stanfield bought still photo equipment years later, I literally would make him the same things and send them to him. And that's how he learned how to shoot still photos. It was like, I was just dr- redoing oh. what I learned from skateboardphotography.com. Does that website still exist? Nope. It's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, it's gone. I never mm-hmm. even heard of it. I never. Mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't photographers. Yeah. But yeah. still. Why we should hear. I guess uh, you're niche. Th- yeah. You remember it, right, Jay? Yeah. JC. JC remembers it. Yeah. What was your username? I never had like an actual name. Oh, were you, you on were, Skate you Perception afterwards? So Skate Perception was like the next generation after skateboardphotography.com. And it was like half filming, half photography kind Mm -hmm. of. It was more skate media. I wasn't on there as much because I was kind of, I'd gotten my job already. I was like the dude who graduated from skateboardphotography.com and actually made it and got like a job. Like it was kind of the first one. Like I was the first came up through that from not knowing what I was doing, learned through the website, through the critique of the community. And like I said, they were mean, dude. They're a dark. Looking back. Don't you think that that helped you though? Yeah, yeah, probably for sure. I but also, like, help them get better. Yeah, help me get better. Yeah, yeah help me yeah. want to get better, and I wanted to prove them wrong for sure. Yeah. Did but, you know who the people were initially? Most of them. No. Oh, so it was, it was like kind of like slap. It's just like under like your 
you have some random ass name and they're just talking shit. They like post their photos so you know like oh they shoot with they shoot here. Like I knew my friend Chase lived in Southern California because he shot Southern California spots. You know I'd see he would go to like a famous mm-hmm. spot and shoot it. But like yeah you didn't know most of the guys I was talking because we all became friends and we'd like instant message and stuff and like like aim was. Aim was huge for me in learning how to shoot skate photos and becoming like a skate, like involved in skating because I feel like I would aim with so many people. I think I like aim messaged, right? MySpace messaged in the very beginning with like Donnie Barley because he was the first pro I ever shot with. <laughs> and like we MySpaced about like, let's go shoot because he met me on this New York trip in Arizona while I was showing people around and then we MySpaced and we're like, let's work on something, you know? And like me and Sheckler used to aim when we were young. Like, I'm <laughs> Did not you ever really, aim the, wow. the man skater? That, w- that was me. You were the man skater? Uh, the man skater, yeah. Damn, no. I was questioned for life, uh, and I never aimed with the man skater. Oh. How, but how, <laughs> it's so funny to me, this aim thing. Like, how would, how would we get people's aim? I don't even remember. How, I think Sheckler was on an Etnies trip, and like we like it was like kind of bet now where you'll trade Instagrams with someone. Yeah. It was like very common. It was like, oh yeah, we'll aim. Like it was Here's like aim. Yeah. if you were like a teenager in that era, you would just like aim, and it was like come home every day from school, get on aim. You talk to the same people you talk to all day at school about the same shit. But also, I was talking to all these skate photographers. Half of them were in like Berlin mm. and like France. And like, then I had friends in Southern California and all over, but it was like this great connecting tool where we would just, and you could send files. They were shitty low res files, but you could send a photo back and forth. So like, it would just be like, here's the photo I posted, but here's the other three from the session. And I would get feedback from like five Mm. friends immediately. And they'd be like, what about this? What duration were you at? Like all these questions that I was like, what the fuck is duration? You know, like you built like a community because that's the best way to learn anything is build a community. And, uh, and yeah, I still owe like. I still I still shoot this handrail angle that Scott Dukes shot of a rollerblader back in the day. He used to shoot for the Daily Bread, which was the rollerblade mag. I don't know if you guys remember that. I've no They were idea. like the trans world of rollerblading. Oh yeah, the Daily Bread. Daily Bread. Mm-mm. And uh and yeah, Scott shot this this handrail angle that I always loved and I still to this day will shoot it. Is on it the rails. one that's like looking that's like right on the handrail looking down? It's not it's so what it is is it's uh you're at the top of the stairs. And you go caddy corner, and the the top of the rail is in the top right corner, yeah, and the bottom of the rail. Yeah. Oh, it's the bottom left. And you basically yeah, yeah, yeah. the rail splits the frame caddy corner, and then the skater is in like an empty space in the sky, and the mm-hmm. stairs are on the bottom. It creates this like quadrant effect kind of thing, or this like two halves. It's really good. He did it the best, but who? Man, I'm trying to think of this one photo that you had that was it was so good. We'll we'll try to find it. You'll have to be more specific, yeah. Chris. Have yeah, you guys shot a, photo, a good photo? Have you shot photos of everyone here or uh, on the show right now? I've never shot Jaron. No, I've I've only shot you. I think in this room. I don't think I've shot Chris or Jaron. Oh really? Yeah. Damn. I w- I would never let you. And not, <laughs> and I haven't shot JC. He won't let me. <laughs> Dude, I want to. One of the funniest. Actually, it was not that funny when we were doing it. Remember we were on that S trip, and we got some fireworks in the middle of. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. We were like, in, I don't know where we were. New Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah. And we stopped to get some uh, we get some fireworks, and we're having a good time. And I'm not, I'm not really into that stuff, whatever, but you st- you get a Roman candle. <laughs> what, you're, you're above fireworks? <laughs> yeah. like, I don't really mess with those sort of things. I don't know, because I'm, I'm legitimately kind of scared like, that something bad's right, going to happen right. and like, blow yeah, yeah. up, you know? But you just start get a Roman candle. You're like, yay, this is fun. And then, lo and behold, there's a huge field next to us. It was just, fil- it was just weeds. Oh, Catch fire, dude! In matter of it was nuts. seconds, no it Ra- just woof, Raj. Like, it's in the it's in the S U S A tour. Yeah, it's U-S-E-H-A, a great because it was a U S and Canada tour. Yeah, it's on there, dude. That was nuts. I fucking it, it was like 
there's the clip is funny. Like I've seen it obviously because people have sent it to me and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, I'm in. It was summer, like a summer tour. I'm in board shorts and flip flops, <laughs> and I have a. I've never shot a Roman candle in my life. And I was like, I feel like Harry Potter, and I'm shooting a fucking Roman candle. And all of a sudden, someone's like, Oh, and this field just starts like <laughs> it was so fast. Like it it burned like half of the field oh in like 30 God. seconds. That's <laughs> right. Right. No, no, no. Hey, I don't know why. No, we- Dude, so you know what happened? And I'll never forgive Scuba to Look this day. Look at this forest fire we just set. Dude. Let's stick around. So the little kids who work inside the firework store, there was like two like 10-year-olds, and I guess they're junior firefighters, and they came out and they're like, it's a fire. And the firefighters came and they let the kids put it out because it was such a tame uh, fire. Okay. But we hung around, and I was in the van like hiding. And at <laughs> one point, I just see Scuba walking up with the cops, and he's just pointing at me. <laughs> And I was like, Scuba, you could have just said, we don't know who did it. What happened? No, but they, wow. they were so used to that. For It was crazy how oh, it, just, it was. It was so turnkey. They were like, yeah. Clockwork, dude. Don't, Easy. It's, it's an empty field next to a fireworks store. Like, I'm sure we're not the first. <laughs> what was it called again? The fireworks store? The no. Can- the, the oh, tour. Uh, USA, but the A was like E-H. Yeah. U-S-E-H. Like U-S-A. U-S-A-H. E-H, no? E-H. E-H. U-S-E-H. Yeah, but yeah, it was an S tour. Oh yeah, I had like some random people that like for a few years that like demos like like it was like, usually moms that because that that thing was licensed to Fuel Channel or Fuel uh, Riot, Riot no which Fuel uh, okay yeah Fuel was the TV channel that showed skate shit yeah so Soltec licensed that video to Fuel and that played like just regularly on Fuel and I had a few random moms for some reason with a young kid be like oh my god we watched you like the field on fire it's so funny and I'm just <laughs> yeah. what. Raj I cannot find this. It's dude. on. It's definitely online, dude. It's definitely there. Raj. That's all right. We'll Wait, find are it one we? Day. Is it U E S E H? Oh yeah, maybe it's the letter U E S E H. Yeah, that would be the. Maybe that is. Yeah, he's. That it, sounds like some Don Brown shit. That's a, that's a pun for it's, sure. That it's Don, definitely on the S website. Some or on YouTube. I mean. Yeah. Either way, that was a. That was a fun trip, though. That was really fun. I just I. I can't believe how fast that thing spread. It, it was like oh no, and then it was. Oh my god! I never understood like the the whole expression of like it spread like wildfire until yeah. like that. I remember that, that day thinking it. like, oh, that's that, how that's fast it is. happens. It's like dude. it's nuts. When we were filming the pretty sweet and the palm tree caught on fire, yeah. dude, that, I was I was there that day. Dude, how funny was that? Where I forget who it was. Maybe it was Corey Kennedy. Somebody because there were fire extinguishers in the van. right before that. By the way, I was like, man, that palm tree is really dry, man. <laughs> and then boom, all of a sudden, boom, fire. Was yeah, that when you were of, in the horse, like the horse costume or the donk? Was there, there was like a donkey costume or something? I, no, or I you weren't in, in there, it, but no. you were next to it. Maybe there was someone in a horse costume. Uh, I, it was, but somebody went to go get the fire extinguisher <laughs> in the van. They go, they pull the fire extinguisher out. They take two steps, look up, <laughs> Turn back around, put the fire extinguishers back because it was just it's no way. What yeah. are you gonna do? Shoot yeah. in there? Yeah, like yeah, no. It was the funniest stuff. It went up it. so fast, yeah, it was so real it's, quick. But it just goes to show how the fire fire ain't no joke. No, you, yeah. you don't mess around with fire. It spreads we're, so quick. We're very lucky we didn't hurt anybody with these fires because we were being reckless and stupid, and we should all be careful around fire. No doubt. Yeah. Well, we can't find it, so That's right. we'll it's have so to weird. like. If we do find it, maybe we'll put a link in the description or something. He. U S E A. I mean, I'm we're gonna figure this out, dude. We are gonna figure it out. U. What is it? S. Like E S and then A. Like E H. E H. Chris, it's not Chris, do you know who shot the the Roman candle that lit the the palm tree on fire? Do you? Uh, it must have been you. No, no. Oh, who shot it? Was, oh, who it was, shot? It was Academy it? Award winning director. Yes. Oh, Spike. Spike. Yeah. And I remember that day being like, that was amazing. Yeah. Out of all the people that could have lit a palm tree on fire, it was incredible. I mean, but it was it, kind of in the middle of nowhere. It was, was like it a Roman a, candle? 
Had it was a it. big explosion, I think. Uh, it was a, it was, but it was something that shot like little pellets. But it was like not trying to shoot at the palm ooh. tree. It just happened to like, you yeah. know, the palm trees get furry yeah. around the bay. It was yeah. just caught the fur and it just. Yeah, that whole thing, that went up quick. Yeah, it was really yeah, scary. It did. Yeah, maybe but, like, I'm looking forward to uh, it's It's up there. It's just in different parts. I don't know where it is, though. Oh, it's in different segments. Raj is having a hell of a time, man. Either way. It's not as easy to find as the pole cam, but yeah, that that was fun. Yeah, so I've shot with Kelly a lot. We've yeah, been on we a lot of trips. We've done some miles together. Yeah. I don't think that I don't think we've ever been on a trip. That, yeah. I don't think you were ever on some chocolate trips or no. girl trips or like anything. I like wasn't that. in the mix with those guys with that crew until later on, mm. I feel like. You know, until like because Mike Mo was like I was younger, so like I was fr- Mike Mo was another aim friend. We used to aim all the time. Right. And like talk on I don't know how that started, but we were just aim buddies and like I would go to Simi Valley and stay with him and his like at his parents' house and so that's when I started shooting with that crew of people a little more mm. was through him. So mm-hmm. just, hmm. any um any incidents, any camera equipment stolen, anything Whew, knock on wood. Mm. Um I uh Little ones, not yeah. anything big. Never okay. like a whole bag. I've had oh, okay. like my, my uh, car broken into and like maybe mm. like small point and shoot stolen. I had a few cameras stolen when my apartment got broken into once. Oh shit! It was actually crazy. I was moving out of the apartment and I was, uh, I was in there like cleaning up and stuff before the day. I was moving the next day, and uh, I had really bad allergies from all the dust and shit. So I think I took like a bunch of Benadryl or something that knocked me out. Oh no! Passed out on the couch in my living room and my roommate wasn't home that night. So it was just me solo. And there was a window that was broken in the front. Someone broke skating and then we had a piece of wood over it, but it wasn't bolted or anything. In the night, someone had pushed that wood in, moved the couch, come into the living room, must've seen me sleeping on the sofa, freaked out, just grabbed two cameras that were on the table and ran out the back door. Oh. Cause I woke up the next morning and I saw the couch pushed out and I was like, hmm. I look in the, the, the door was open from the kitchen, like the back door. And I was like, that's weird. And then I looked at the table and I was like, what was there? You know, I'm like trying to like piece it all together. And I'm like, holy shit. And I like, the story was right there. It was like, they came in. Oh shit. Grab shit. Ran out the back. My whole camera bag was sitting next to the back door too. And they didn't <sighs> grab it. Thank God. They just grabbed whatever they could right away. Yeah. I think they were just like, oh shit. Two cameras that they could. But uh, one was a nicer camera. Damn. But I was like, thank God they didn't like get scared and like try and hurt me or something like right. for sure i must have just slept through the whole thing i think when a skater i mean i've never had this happen to me you know but getting the cover of a magazine it's 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 the same for a skater as a photographer i think it's sure. it's, it's it's a huge i mean when you first got your first cover yeah uh aaron susky 5-0 in arizona i believe right in tucson yeah i mean that did they tell you did they surprise you i mean how did that even go down yeah, I, we knew we were, there was a, I think we knew it was a cover already. Okay. Like, it was like, he's getting a big interview. We had shot this whole interview. It was like, they wanted to give him a cover. And it was like, okay, cool. We're going to, we knew we were shooting for the cover. So it wasn't super surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think to your point, it was like, it's a huge deal. Like, there's, there's been certain covers I've had that have felt like a bigger deal to me. Cause like, the skater, it depends on the trick. Like, if the skater is doing some, like, that 5 0 was really gnarly. That's a create, that's a cover trick. Yeah. But sometimes it's not necessarily a cover trick. Sometimes it's just a cover photo. And you're like, ooh, I feel like that was my cover. You know, <laughs> maybe that's cocky or shitty to feel. But, like, sometimes you feel special, like, oh, I did something that maybe helped that be a co- cover versus, like, the trick being the cover. But I think, um, in general, it is. It's like you feel like the feeling must be exactly the same mm. when you see it and hold it, you know, as a skater, as a photographer, because you're like, it's the thing I do mm. on the cover. And there's no better feeling than that than right. being on the, of anything like uh, holding a CCS catalog with a cover photo on it is like whoo sick like you know it just feels good it could be like make your own zine off the printer at home and you 
hold it and you're like hell yeah yeah <laughs> do you get that nice. feeling right away when you shoot it when you shoot a cover like a, f- a cover like that like or sometimes it like over time like oh dude this might be a good cover i have a few times with certain things if it's the right person in the right, i shot this cover of david gonzalez doing a in you know the in also in tucson the uh the triple kink hubba that rowley 50 back yep. in the day yep. he lip slid that and which is fucked and it was like david kind of in his hot and i shot that and i was like oh that could be a cover like i knew like when knew? The, wait which cover was it maybe raj could find it david gonzalez lip slide for the skateboard mag it was mm. the quadruple or triple kink bunch of kinks yeah. and uh i i remember just being like oh this is because i didn't i wasn't the dude who shot with like the cover skaters that often or got the cover tricks like i was in arizona shooting like a stylish ollie with levi brown you know it wasn't mm, necessarily yeah. like Atiba was out with P-Rod and he was like switch flip back lipping a rail. Like that's going to be the cover. Right. So when I happened to be with someone like David and I was like, oh shit, that's a cover trick. And you know, I crossed my fingers and you're like, oh, that'd be cool. And it's sick that that one worked out, you know? And I've had like a, I had like an Ethan Fowler cover that was cool. Cause nice. it was just like Fowler is a legend, you know, like, oh, I got to get Fowler cover, you know? And like, uh, I knew I shot a Nick Trapasso cover that I knew was going to be a cover. Oh wow. There's a few that like, I knew, you know, you're working towards a cover. Mm. But uh, the Ryan Lay one we talked about earlier was a total surprise. That was just like photo annual. The Marty Murawski photo annual cover was also just like, I just turned in some weird shit for the photo annual and <laughs> you just hope that it gets run. That was it. So it's really fun when it's kind of like, you know, in secrecy. Like when it was a black box still before I was the photo editor, before I got inside the editorial kind yeah. of staff, you're just sending photos and you just most of the time you're like, well, I hope they go in the mag. And then when all of a sudden someone sends you a photo of a cover, you're just like, what? Well, it's <laughs> almost like you, you, you become the the surprise or right when yeah, you're like yeah. hey I, we got this cover right. coming in hey here's your cover yeah, like yeah. you're now presenting it you For already sure. know you're presenting it to the skater now yeah it's like you get to you get surprised and then you get to hype them up i remember when the ryan lake cover i think swift or someone texted me a photo of it or no it wasn't swift because he wouldn't he would have wanted me to see it in person first someone sent yeah. me a photo and i was with like we were at chipotle or something on an ipath trip and i was with ryan and i was like holy shit and like we looked at it and it was like that was a really fun moment because like yeah, Ryan's just another friend from like Mesa, Arizona. And at the time he was like relatively unsponsored. Hmm. Like he just was on iPath as like maybe even flow or an am or something. And Damn. so it was like really cool to get a cover. You know, for I think sure. it's like, that's amazing. Like you said, like you not like certain people that have been in the skate industry for decades yeah. and had tons of coverage, haven't managed to time that right or whatever, get the right trick at the right time to end up on a cover. Well, I kind of know sure. why I never ended up in a, in a cover. I, I was more of a sequence skater. For I sure. I mean, manual pads, ledges. Like, it was, it was more sequences. I don't remember really shooting that many stills. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I mean, you had that really good one at the beach, the yeah, fakie 5-0. Oliver best, Barton. I best think. still of a fakie 5-0 of all time. Yeah, that one's really good. Oof, Oliver guy. Barton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the best. That could have um, been a cover. That could have actually could have for sure. What was that used for? Just a regular I, old. Was that an ad? No, I, I think it was just in remember. skateboarder. Maybe it was, no, shot. it was yeah, it was in skateboarder. Yeah. I just saw it in that new man. The the Sam Muller does the two thousand one. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. There's you have a photo in there. That same photo. Yeah. They did a they did like a whole thing on Oliver Barton. Oh, sick! And that photo's in there. Okay, it's pretty sick. And it looks yeah, great. But it was yeah. all mainly sequences. Well, that's. Yeah. That's a, we used to joke with Marty because Marty was like my, my dude. I shot with more than anyone. And 
the joke was like his dream was to get a cover but like how the fuck were we gonna, do, gonna that? do that you know and he always we always joke like if i get my cover it's gonna be like i'll figure out a tall front nose or like you know like the the few like still tricks he had <laughs> and then the cover he ended up getting was just a big old backside flip on a hip mm. that just like we like i shot it real weird and it just kind of looked like funky and it ended up being a cool photo annual cover and we were so hyped because we always had like joked about him getting a cover but like he never will right, you know it's like right, you're not yeah. well, he was also kind of so a right. uh the sequence skater as well way more yeah Yeah, for sure just everything he did was so so technical when the skating you do is like there's so many pieces of it to show which is like also it's a fun thing now to shoot technical skating and figure out what the important parts are because it's like back in the day it was like you'd have a 20 frame sequence in a mag and that was because oh no one had ever seen this trick before the mag is going to be the first place to break it it's different now so you're like are there three frames of that sequence that look cool? Like, just show those three, right. you know? Is it a still that... Do you see the still of Yuto doing the Nolly 270 heel board slide or lip slide? I don't even know what you call that. No, I didn't oh. see the still. Oh, oh, the one of the last trick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The photographer shot a still of it, which I oh, love. Oh, really? Yeah, I love. I was like, that's so sick. You just shot a was still it a, of it. Was it a sequence and he pulled the still out of it? Or is it... it ha- I didn't see a sequence. He just had it flashes and it lights. Like, he, like, lit a photo. Hold and on. it's him, like, catching the Nolly that's 270 heel. Yeah. And it looks, like, so confusing. But also, you can kind of tell i just love that he shot a still of we gotta it. look at it. we sick. gotta find that dude that's it i've never what did he post on his instagram where do you see this uh nike or uto or someone posted it i think on the which by the way i gotta admit when when i saw the still and saw the caption i was like i think that's too much like i was like i don't think i'm gonna like that and then i watched the clip and i was like wow oh you saw the photo first i saw the photo first and, yeah. and like read what he did and i just was like <laughs> Because, you know, sometimes there's two, you can go too far with tech skating. Well, it's like that name, Nolly 270 backside heel flip to board slide or whatever you want to call it. You know, like, yeah, yeah, it didn't sit well. Not, again, all respect for days. But then I saw the clip and I was like, dude, he made it look sick. That was insane. I was yeah. like, it actually looked really, it, <laughs> it, was incredible. It, it had like the, it had what I wanted out of it. And I yeah. was like, wow, fuck, that was cool. That is a cool, because f- you've never seen that trick before. Yeah. So to see a still of it. It's wow, yeah. that is That's dope, dude. Like, but you can tell kind of what's oh, happening, yeah. and like I just, I just like it when people like that shouldn't be done, right? Like a, according to every rule of every how you document skateboarding, like you shouldn't do that. But it's so sick that he just did it. Like I like when people just break the rules like that. Like As he know. should, he should. Definitely. Yeah, it's cool. And that trick is like, I don't know, like fucking, it's, it's so nuts. Yeah. But yeah, I like that clip a lot more than than I should have probably just because again sometimes when skating is so much happening you get so overwhelmed and you can't like see I don't even know what it is whatever you're looking for in a skate clip sometimes mm-hmm. you miss it because there's too much trick happening mm-hmm. but that was just like wow he made all the trick happen and it looks sick I didn't it's see amazing. this it's amazing yeah. going back to what you were saying before like as far as like there's not there hasn't been too many sequences on of covers right there's only guy, a very, yeah, guy that we just saw Donnie Barley and LD Eldridge had the Nolly Hill yes, nose grind skateboard mag it's been very, it's very rare. Yeah, to have a sequence. What was the caption of that? Issue? It was so funny because they had a yellow tint over it, and it said like, uh, "Justin Eldridge gets all lemony with this nollie heel nose grind." It was like a lemony Snicket reference because maybe that movie just came out or something, oh, and it was like super. Hmm. I don't know why I always remember that, but that was a sick one. Uh, my first mag I ever owned was a sequence cover of Donnie Barley switch hard flip Santa Monica triple set. Ooh, Trans World, Tiba shot. I have a signed copy of it. Wow. Yeah, That's Kevin Marks at Look Back Library had one, and he had he had you know he has everyone sign their covers all the time. Mm. He was at a trade show and he had a stack of all these mags, and like he had three of them that Donnie had signed. And I was like, I'll pay you whatever for that. <laughs> wow. So I bought it from him and I got it. It's like in the archive. That's dude, shout Kevin Marks on dude. That dude's awesome. Dude, doing God's work. Yeah. It's fucking like like no one cares about printed skateboard media as right. much as Kevin Marks does, and he just has like another. 
he's on a whole other wavelength where he is just so he has a focus that I can't even like I'm jealous of. Mm-hmm. He is just like down to like the most crazy regional mag. Like he'll just be like, <laughs> we're doing a cover discussion with so and so, and they're like, remember that time you got on like you know poop butt zine out of like fucking Albany, New York, <laughs> and they're like, how did you what like? And he's got it somehow, and you're like, wow, you you just he digs it all up. It's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, God bless him. Yeah. There's got to be. I mean, there's it's it's. Somebody's got to do it for sure. He's kind of like the closest thing skateboarding has to uh, like a Nardwar. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nardwar, yeah, yeah. That dude's gnarly. He goes up to any rapper and just goes like, brings up the past and be like, "Dude, how did you know for that? Sure. How did you know I used to wear a red beanie when I was right. like five yeah. years old." Like, That's like, and Kevin Marks is like, you know, Tom Asta. You were on the cover of Poop Butt Zine in two thousand one, and he's like, "What? How did you find that? Like, Dude. it's like the closest thing we have to that. Where you're like, you really just cared that much, and you're that dug into all this stuff, yeah. like." And he has, you know, every now and then he'll hit me up or like want something, you know, and he catalogs all like I do this oh little gosh, mag. Look at that. Dude, yeah, it's so sad. That's and he, impressive. The man. libraries he does at different like shops and stuff. Like there's one at Cowtown in Arizona. There's the Skate Lab one. Like it's all designed to be like open, you right. know, open used to be like you can just go and spend a whole day there looking at shit. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I don't know, it's really wow. cool. Dude, I hit him up and I, I don't even remember what magazines I was in. I'll be like, hey, do you remember for some reason like I had an ad or something? And he'll just be like, boom, it's right here. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, he just, you're like, how, how did you even think of knowing that? He's got like, I think he has like an encyclopedia brain or something. Because yeah. He's, re- he's got like one of those. Like, like that. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's, he's living and breathing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he came and dropped early. it off at my house. It's, oh, it's super nice. He'll yeah. always come to you because he lives in that van. Yeah. I don't know if he lives there full time, but the van is set up to live in. So he's just like, mm. where do I need to be and when? You know, yeah. he's just yeah, like right. on it and he just, it's cool because I think printed skate media, like, you know, it, there's a re- bit of a resurgence right now on a smaller scale, which is really, really cool, right? There's a bunch of rad smaller mags that do, uh, everyone's realizing to make a magazine, you don't have to make 100,000 copies. They're like, I can just make 1,000 of these or 500 of these and like, it's still impactful. It's still important. The people that want to see it, see it. And so then a bunch of people I think have been like, oh, sick. Yeah, we're going to make our own little thousand copy mag or 500 copy mag. But, you know, the way that things are going, like it's just not ever going to be what it was. Like it'll, sure. you'll never have as much print because print was the news and it's not the news. So for people like Kevin to be like caring about it so deeply to just be like, oh, this is a magical era from like these 25 years or 30 years or whatever where there was tons of this. Let's collect as much of it as we can to make sure it doesn't get thrown away or burned up or whatever the hell happens. And he's just like putting it in places where it will be kind of cherished. And I think that's like a fuck. It's, it's, it makes, I'm like, I'm jealous that I, it's almost like that selfless pursuit of something bigger than you. And I'm like, damn, I don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, that's really like a, oh, it's cool. It's well, it's interesting. I mean, skateboarding is an ever changing beast, yeah. you know? I mean, through the 80s and 90s and everything. But it's, it, it's kind of interesting that it took a, turn when social media came about and i've said this recently too is like it went from the skateboard companies you know helping the skater oh here we we need this ad we need this we're filming for this video like they had everything lined up for you and now it's kind of switched where it's like they're looking for the skater to help them produce all the they're going after the skaters who already have everything lined up right yeah they're like oh you already got your shit figured out okay we'll pay you and you ride for us now exactly which it's interesting that like some of the brands are in between. They find a skater who's got a following. People love them. They know, they kind of have their lane. They know what they do. But then they're still trying to grab that skater and be like, no, you need to like come on tour in the van and do the things the way we do them and fit into this mold that we have. And some of these new skaters didn't come up like that and they're just like not into it. I've seen it a few times with skaters who I think are really sick and a brand just hasn't understand or hasn't understood 
what the magic is about this skater and they're kind of like pushing them into a mold mm -hmm. and then they're like dude that that skater's kind of whack like they didn't work out for us like they weren't down for this or this i'm like yeah, but that's not why you spon you sponsor them because they did this. Why don't you just let them if they don't like to travel? They're losing sight of what what's yeah. special. special about yeah. that Definitely. person. And you're like, if they don't want to travel, then like, but you love what they do, then mm -hmm. just give them a budget with a filmer in their hometown and let them make stuff for you. Like, it's it's right. this old school mindset of like we need to plug them into the the classic industry mold, and mm -hmm. and sometimes that works and it's cool. But especially when you you're talking about non-traditional skaters. You're talking about, you know, people who come from marginalized groups who haven't felt comfortable in the skateboard industry, you know, and they're just like, for whatever reason, are like, well, they just are like, oh, I don't want to do it like that. That's not how I've ever done it. It's not how I feel good doing it. And sometimes, sometimes the brands get it and they're like, do your thing, we, we support. And sometimes they're like, oh, you can't like come in and act the, the way that we need you to act for this situation. And they're like, well, then we can't fuck with you. And you're like, that's not how it's done. Like, you really need to like, your how you came up in skating and in the industry is different than how this person came up in skating in the industry and you totally. need to like listen and understand because what you like about them you see something special in them that's from their that comes from how they came up listen mm. you know like let them kind of help dictate how you showcase them because they're going to be better at explaining that to you than you are yeah. and you know i don't know i think it's hard i think it's hard when you have your programs built up and you're like we do four tours a year and we do this and that and it's like you bring a dope skater on your trip and they're like well, they didn't get any they didn't get any clips we took them to fucking Paris for like two weeks and they didn't get clips. And you're like, well, yeah, look at the spots they skate at home. Right. Look who they skate with at home. Look who you put them with. Look at the filmer you put. Like, they can't, not everyone can just snap into a mold, you yeah. know? And I think that's a Instagram and, you know, people kind of building their own channels and stuff has added to this weird piece of the industry where like, mm. you're just getting more and more people like that. And I think brands need to understand a little better to just be like, yeah, we think you're dope. Here's support. And do what you do, but do it for us. Totally. I think it's like, I don't know. Are, do you think brands are going to be around? I think they will. Yeah. But I think that there is a different direction, though. From Just what you were just saying right there. For sure. I think they always will, because I think when someone... Some skaters don't need brands. Exactly. They are their own brand. At this point. Yeah. But when they have the juice, mm. all they want to do is make a brand, because they right. want to support community. Like, you look at, like, Shane could just be Shane O'Neill Skateboards. Sure. But Shane is April Skateboards, and he puts on Uto, and he puts... You know, it's like, mm -hmm. that's the natural inclination of people. Like, when they have the, the ability... No one just wants to be alone in a vacuum. No one wants to just be like ShaneO'NealSkateboards.com and just like filming in his park. He could. He could tomorrow. Yeah. He could put out a park edit every day for the next year, sell more boards than anyone. You know, he could do this whole thing, but he doesn't want to do that. Right. He wants to build a brand because a brand in a lot of ways is like, you know, it's a community. You know, it's like you build this. It's a scene. It's a group of friends. It's like something people can aspire to. No one aspires to be by themselves. No, <laughs> Everyone aspires me. to be part of like a group of like-minded people. So as much as this is not a team sport, like we need te like teams in order to like, I don't know, just build a better brand. Like you, it's hard to, to build a brand with just one dude. Right? For sure, no, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, For sure. So having multiple people that are do different things, it just gives a, it sheds light on. There's more to just totally. this guy. Yeah, he's like, got a plethora of guys. Exactly. You know I mean? And that being said, like you can do that and not have to have everyone. Like everyone doesn't have to be best friends with everyone. Like you probably don't want people that hate each other on the team. But there might be two people on the team that click really well and you're like, cool, send them to Paris together or send them to Australia right. together and let them do their thing with the filmer they trust. Like it's like figuring out it's it's a little bit fragmented sometimes. Let them make a video and then maybe, you know, because everyone's so 
caught up in this like we need the full length we need the whole crew we need everyone to be and that's ideal if that works totally. that works you know i think totally. everyone looks back at old mm-hmm. girl chocolate you know and things like that and brands or you see anti-hero and it's like that's everyone's in the same boat you any know brand, like, any brand that's what it's been about for exactly years. yeah and now you know obviously with the new generation and obviously big up to them because at the end of the day they're moving forward on how they need to move forward that's for sure. just that's what they feel they need to do yeah but it, all, all in all, this has been a team sport in a sense of like it's not a team sport, but we love mm-hmm. our camaraderie oh, amongst yeah. our yeah. Uh, amongst our peers. You know what I mean? And, and you know when when someone's filming and fucking everybody comes around you and's like saluting you, man. That's like the best. That's a, one sure. of the best feelings yeah, ever. You know sure. what I mean? So that camaraderie is like is always going to be there. I don't think that we're gonna that's going to change anytime soon. But I definitely see the the individuality of where people's mindsets are mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's all about them and yeah, i need yeah. my recognition mm-hmm. but it's at the end of the day dude i think we all help each other when you are together well that's why i was you saying I mean? earlier kind of about how how it shifted from the companies you, you need the companies to survive in this industry but now it's the companies need the skater more than ever now yeah. they're, they're they're the companies are depending on the skater for all the assets that they deliver yeah. where it used to be we're going on this trip where you we need this ad you want a thrasher ad we're doing a trans world ad we're doing yeah. we're, we're going to put all your all the ad, all the mags yeah, yeah. you're going yeah. with here with this this person to shoot for this yeah he, he's shooting your interview and you're going here and then you're getting you're your ad with this person yeah yeah, yeah we're, do, we're doing sending a trans all this world stuff. video we're doing yeah, this it's yeah. it's definitely like like you said i think team is like Community is probably a better word, is you know whatever. Yeah, it's not, I'm the guy who's like, it's not a team, it's a community. But yeah. like, but really, that's but I skated for a team. Exactly, you yeah. skated for a team, skated, and, yeah. and it becomes your community. And like you said, when people are like hugging you and dapping you up after you get a trick, it's like, oh yeah, that's because that's my crew, right? That's totally. like they're there to support me. And I think that everyone has. Sometimes people have their own that's not a part of the brand or the business. Sometimes mm-hmm. the business can cultivate that if everyone happens to be in the same place. Yeah. But I think it's just like going with the flow of it. And some teams will be that. Some teams will be able to get 10 deep in a van with two filmers and a photographer and a TM. And that's the vibe. Yep. And then some teams are going to have like a couple like splintered pieces of these two here and these two right. there. And they film with this person and that totally. person. And you got to figure out how to make it work based on the skating. Totally. And the skaters that you're excited about, I sure. think. So it's just like a, yeah, it's just kind of adapting to all this yeah, new way changing, of doing it. Changing the old ways, you yeah. know. And yeah, like for you just sure. said, adapting, you know, is very... It's important. And not forcing people to like adapt, to fit into like an old, you know, it's like the, the square peg in the round hole. Like right. if it's not working, but you still see value in a skater and you like want to support them, then just think about how it be, just think creatively about it. It's not this like plug and play. Right. It's not this like, oh, if they don't do this, then they're not, they don't have a, t- a part of the, you know, they're not in this. And it's like, no. It's yeah. Not, I mean, just no, look I at how Powell is doing sure. it. You know, Powell is doing it with, uh, they haven't had their own little YouTube little division sure, right? yeah, yeah. that ha- is doing their thing they are collabing and yeah. stuff so youtube brigade youtube brigade you know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that and that's like pal- it's, it's but they're very... embracing that you know they're making they're enabling them yeah, to yeah. do all that yeah. but it's like it's it's kind of i don't know if this sounds mean or not because i like pal obviously but it's like get in where you fit in it's like mm. where where's your place and it's like if pal was trying to like you know like make bill strobeck videos <laughs> like that right. like no that's not the right move for pal pal should be doing youtube brigade because mm-hmm. it's just like that's what makes it like it's not bad or good it's all different you sure, know yeah. and it's like do that like that's what same what i learned at ccs was like we're not going to try and make you know videos we're not trying to make baker videos what's the point like that's not what people are asking for from us no one expects that from us mm-hmm. it's like yeah figure it out and they they have their own pal's rad because pal can exist in the skate industry the greater skate industry but like 
as some, you could be a person who pays attention to like 90% of the skate industry and you might not see much of what Powell does mm-hmm. because you're also not the person who's buying Powell products. They're yeah, talking right. to like their people and you're like, that's fine. That's like, and everyone, those people are there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone should be, it's like find the people you want to talk to and talk to them. It's like, it doesn't, I think everyone gets caught up in trying to talk to the same people or fight for that sh- same like group of people to be like, no, these are the, these are the skaters we want. And it's like, there's a lot of skaters, man. Definitely. Like you don't have to, you know, like find again get in where you fit in find your lane and just kind of like be just like let it happen rather than like force it yeah. you know that's the last thing you want to do is force something because sometimes that doesn't work out no no let's have we just let's just have fun mm-hmm. yeah no I, I definitely you see you know when you see a skater sometimes a skater goes through a little metamorphosis they get like a stylist or they figure out you know like <laughs> they have like an overnight kind of change yeah. and sometimes you're like oh i kind of like this and sometimes you're like oh buddy i don't know if you went the right direction like you gotta which it's not bad everyone's young and they're learning but sometimes you see it and you're kind of like i get what you're trying to do right. <laughs> but for your own sake for your own like <laughs> mental health and situation like oh maybe just don't you know, shouldn't try so hard to do this like <laughs> It's interesting, man. It's fun. Like, I'm glad I came up at the time I came up, you know? Same, Same and, here, dude. And, like, yeah. I, I don't know if I'd want to endure. First of all, everybody's amazing at skateboarding <laughs> right now. <laughs> totally. Like, imagine. But there are those standouts, though. You know, you don't get the standouts too often, yeah. you know, where you're like, damn. Mm-hmm. These three pe- people right now are going to be the ones. Yeah, yeah. they check all. They check all your mm-hmm. boxes. You right. know, everyone has their own boxes and stuff. Oh, yeah. But you're like, ooh, this person checks all my boxes. Right. Like this is like, for whatever they are, everyone has. You can't even say what they would be because they're different for everyone. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. someone might have a box that's like does enough switch tricks. Right. You know, like I don't have that, but someone might be like, oh, they don't. I've heard that from people like, oh, they don't ever skate switch. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, why do you care about like, that? Does it that, matter? Yeah. But some people it does, you know, and yeah. you're like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. why Tim Gavin left skateboarding. That's <laughs> one of the big, one of the big reasons why Gavin left skateboarding. <laughs> he couldn't keep up with the switch. skate switch. <laughs> he said it though. He, he did. did. He did. Was it there's an old, uh, is it a Jeremy Klein interview where he's like something like they asked about switch. He goes, oh, don't skate switch. That's stupid. <laughs> like that was just I could see quote. Jeremy Jeremy Klein's like name. I don't skate switch that's dumb and you're yeah. like wow I guess that's I, so fun I, that's amazing that's just a part of skateboarding for me like, I, I can't imagine not doing that for some weird reason same like going my whole life without skating switch yeah but that's yeah. you're not like if you were gonna grind a gi- you never grinded a giant rail no exactly but that's, that's, I'm saying like that's just ingrained into my yeah, skateboarding yeah. Sure. brain that switch have, is just a part yeah. of of what of what I think of skateboarding from the beginning, you from like the saw beginning. it and you were like, yeah, I feel like you have like a skateboarding nucleus, right, where it starts, and then from there you have all these directions you can take it. You know, it's yeah. like you can progress switch, you can progress mm. down gnarly rails, yeah. you can progress on big quarter pipe. Like you take the progression in some way, shape, or form. Some people are like, I'm gonna progress doing wacky shit, you know, yeah, or just thinking sure. of goofy stuff to do, and it's like, yeah, your progression took you to switch, whereas like some people are like, I'm well, gonna go. Well, you started. You started kind of in that realm, right? Yeah, I started right in the realm. Yeah, I was so, watching you guys. Well, so, for me, like it wasn't like that. Where I'm fucking doing ho hos in a goddamn circle. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and like shit, like where in slappies early on, where and then we had to adapt to. Okay, now switch. Now pressure flips. Now mm. I got to do pressure flips. Now I got to do switch. Like, so we went through different phases to adapt and maintain this shit. Yeah. Where <laughs> you just jumped right in and went right into switch. Where there's nothing wrong with that's when you started. That was when your your yeah. story started with skateboarding. But like. Yeah, someone like myself, like having to go through the the trial and errors of like what's popular and what's cool now. Yeah, bro. Oh, so yeah. I could totally understood. I so what part of that what, stood out to you? Like what out of that little like journey? Like what was it that you latched onto the most? Which type of skating? 
Like, do you t- like hohos and slappies, or were you like once you got to no, do like it was switch just a part of like, it. Fuck this. It was just a part of it. I think that was like the cool thing. So, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this is cool now. Now we're doing this. Oh, I don't have to do that no more. Cool. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Were you like, happy that you didn't have to do hohos anymore? No, it was just another extension of like my skateboard story. You know, what I mean? progression yeah, yeah. though, too. and progression. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, we yeah. launch ramps and shit, like putting fucking ramps against walls, and like dude, there was so many different like levels of this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. To the point where it's like, okay, I have to adapt. This is it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And some people didn't adapt well, like your Gavins. <laughs> and he 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 put that in his mind though. So he did that to totally. himself. Oh yeah. He wasn't he said, trying do to do it. And then yeah. didn't do it. Right. So you're not gonna do it. Which Gavin does not need a skate switch. He is just well, no. amazing on the board how he is on the board. But he yeah. did that's the funny thing is he did do some switch stuff and he did do it well. Totally. He just was his own worst enemy saying that shit from the beginning. So if you or if you're constantly saying this stuff to you to yourself, yeah, yeah. you're not gonna progress. Come well, on, and man. I, I feel Gavin, bad bro. for for like these iconic skaters who people just love them for so many things beyond the tricks they do mm-hmm. that get too in their head about like I can't keep up. You know, like I've watched right. it before where they're like, no, nah, this isn't, this isn't worth it. Don't shoot this. Or I don't want to do this. I can't keep up. And you're like, you know, people just want to see you like do a nose slide, right? Straight like, up. Yeah. I know you don't want to be like a hack and I know you want to like progress and I get mm-hmm. that. So I can respect it if you want to bow. But from my position, I'm like, you know, I've shot with skaters where they're trying something in back in the era. It was like fully flared era. Certain skaters that were like, fuck dude, I can't do like a backsmith back heel. And I'm like, just do a backsmith. <laughs> like, right. it's sick. Like, it'll be a cool photo. And they just, they can't get past that. Yeah. And it's frustrating because you're just, you know what would look cool, but you're like, I get it. You're just, that's where you want it. And then they kind of bow out, you know? they Some of the best skateboarders, Jason Lee yeah, was mm-hmm. one of those guys that yeah. he quit skating because he just didn't feel like he was worthy and couldn't keep up. Which is so, crazy because he probably did just one tray flip a year yeah, for a decade <laughs> plus, sure. and we would all been happy. Totally Everyone would have been like... Oh, that was sick. His foot slid more than his board. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin's an AZ head. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. is. Arizona skate history right here. I just Randy tri- Colvin. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah Colvin. I trip out on how like someone like Steve Caballero had to like just skate transition and go straight. Oh, streets. That's different too. And he did. Yeah. He, yeah, he, uh, did. he adapted. A lot of people couldn't. Him and, yeah. La- and Lance Mountain. Yeah. yeah. Straight up. That they, was, they were like the yeah. only two. Yeah. Not, not the only two. Not the Don't only get me two. wrong. Yeah. But like he... A lot of people couldn't yeah. go from vert to street. No. Vert cab, street cab, two different people. No, yeah. Uh, Bob Burnquist, remember he had like a nose grind on a 10 rail in like oh, the Medic yeah. Mati era. Like he, he, he did he some good, you know, he there. had some some street action. He did sprinkle some street stuff in there, that's Dude, for but sure. cabs, street skating is like a work of art to this day. Like the way, the way that he went about no street doubt. skating... When he board slides a long rail and he does it like a rock and roll slide, like on a bolt, like <laughs> yes. he goes fully like straight at it, you're like, no one does that. No one's ever skated a rail of that size like mm-hmm. like the way he has, and nah. it's so sick. And this era, like this, makes a little more sense to me. But yeah, when you get into this, like right. when he's doing that kind oh, of stuff, yeah. like later Powell days. Oh my god. Good yeah, on like, him, man. He he did it. He kept it going. Cab dude. six, dude. I remember the cabs. That was like when I started skating. That was like the hot the the new uh, band shoe was cab oh. six. And like it's hilarious to like, if you would have shown me a half cab when I first started skating and had seen the cab six, I would have been like, "What the fuck is this sock?" <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a sock. I was like, yeah. "You don't wear this thing. Like you need rubber all over a shoe." Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we found the fire thing. Did we find that, Raj? Come on, Raj. Is this it right here? Can I? Uh, can I have another wings and arrow? It? Yeah, yeah, of course. Wait, I want to see this. Oh my god! Look at that stance. <laughs> Who is that? Look at me. <laughs> That's oh you. Oh my god! Why, I always hair. Let, man. Yeah, I had an accidental mullet. Maybe that's why I hate him so much. Uh, how like uh, we're just like pointing it into like 
in the shrubbery. Well, I didn't, like, they're like, I'd yeah. never done this before. <laughs> Look, it's like someone's helping me. I'm like, I didn't know. Like, oh, scuba. Oh, there's scuba, like, yeah. Yeah, you're like, a, oh, wait a minute! I started wait, a fire over here. That's an athletic man right there. That's how you. That's how an athletic man runs. Oh, see, so look at it, look at that thing go. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> oh, somebody get a fire extinguisher. Oh, <laughs> it almost looks fake. It looks yeah. fake. I didn't know what that's to do. insane. And then these are the ten year old firefighters. Who's LD? Yep. Embarrassed myself in front of a bunch of people I looked wow. up to. Who's Tony really Carr? Cool. Yeah, that was Tony Carr's first trip. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, so. that's right. It is kind of a little mellow fire though. Wait, it gets bigger. It gets oh, big. It? Well, it, big. For us there in the moment, it felt really big. Probably like it wasn't like that guy was. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, that eh, uh, it contained itself though. Shit. Oh, here yeah. they come! It definitely like burnt up more than we expected. <laughs> Look at the little kids with the hose. <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah, they let the little kids put it out. That's amazing. That's funny. I wish there was a clip of Scuba just walking with the cops and pointing <laughs> at me. You gotta get that over there right now. That was a fun act. That was like... Look at LD. There was like the part, you know, on those trips... Right at the fireworks shop, mind yeah. you. Well, oh, yeah. Was, that's amazing. I think afterwards they were like, yeah, you're not supposed to do it outside here. Yeah. <laughs> no fireworks <laughs> yeah. discharge. That was in 500 feet. What were you saying, Kelly? Sorry. Oh, that was insane, oh, wait, too. That was Stony Todd Phillips. This Who? is an Oklahoma legend. Oh, I'm in the back. Do you remember him, Kelly? We went to his ranch, Outlaw Ranch, and we like shot guns and shit. I and, remember like, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a Oklahoma. Like uh, my friend Gabe Friedman had a zine where he interviewed him. Supposedly, that dude Stony Todd was an. Uh, he was like a maybe like a porn star, bodybuilder, <laughs> like fucking anarchist. Probably I don't know. He like had this funny like track record of jobs he did. Bro. But it was the Oklahomies. They all showed us a good time and let us shoot. <laughs> Look at them shooting sideways. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like a gangster. I have a frame of Eldridge from that where I caught the gun blast. Oh, yeah. That was like, awesome. Perfectly. Oh, really? And it's like, it makes him oh, yeah, look. I do think I remember that photo. He looks pretty hard. I don't think he's that hard. <laughs> <laughs> shooting guns, man, is crazy. That was wild, dude. Javier Sarmiento. Yeah, that was so good. Dude, do you remember on that trip, the funniest thing he did uh, was he was in the back of the van and he sees a, a girl board that says Sean on it. And he goes, oh, shit, Sean Sheffy. And he gets so hyped. And Javier pulls it out. And it's a Malta board. And he goes, who the fuck is Sheen Malto? <laughs> <laughs> and he was so pissed. Yo, that dude is one of the funniest, man. Ooh, dude, he was amazing. Yeah. Wow. He skated a rail that day. I got a, he, he switch crooked like a seven rail. Oh, yeah. And I got to shoot like a handrail photo of Javier Sarmiento. And I was really excited. He would always, every time he'd get out of the van, he would just immediately switch tray. It, it didn't like he. That's how he would. Just, it was funny. Like, I heard. I heard he just like plays golf in Spain and yeah. just like oh, fucking he's, like yeah, he's yeah. chilling. He, he just, still skates though, and he when he skates, he looks. Amazing. You see a clip every couple of years. It's yeah. like unreal. Definitely, yeah, dude. He just he has it. Who the he's fuck is Sheen Malto is like my favorite <laughs> fucking so good, quote dude. for and like Sean was like the biggest skater in the world at the right. time, you know? And it was just like he had no clue what was going on at Girl or who Sean was, and he was like he was so mad that it wasn't a Sean Sheffy board. <laughs> <laughs> so good dude uh this has been incredible bro this has been we lo i love having you awesome. here dude great stories it's so much you. fun we leave this open so you could come back and tell us more i will we can we'll we do can a part we'll do a part two part three part four you we know can what I'm get into the 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 wildness of all sorts of other chapters yeah dude um as we wrap this up though we'll give uh give you some nine club stuff to take home thank you with you kelly if you do the honors yeah bro. uh what size uh hoodies or anything xl xl yeah we got those, man. I think we got some of those. And some Yeti stuff we'll, should, we'll give you. should be something back there. Um, you got a cooler? No, no coolers, man. We got to do something with the cooler. We'll do for some cooler soon. stuff. Yeah, cooler's sure. nice, you know. What about, we? I mean, you, we no more CCS. You're, you're on your own venture now. 
Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so in April, uh, no longer full time with CCS. Right. Uh, started like a, a a digital media agency is what mm-hmm. they're called in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, CCS is a client, so I'm working with CCS still regularly. But um, yeah, I started like an agency, uh, kind of to run my photo work through, but then also just general creative brand work. Mm. That kind of the stuff I did through CCS. Uh, and I have a partner um, that's kind of we're in the process of getting the partnership sorted out. But uh, yeah, the goal is to just do you know we're doing kind of a lot of like TikTok stuff, a mm. lot of like reels, like video, like just things that are kind of like uh, stuff I learned at CCS basically, you know, like stuff I learned about doing beyond photography, uh, just that kind of, you know, help grow the brand and things like that. Are we doing in skateboarding or out of skateboarding or both? Uh, both for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Our, our, our goal, like we want, I want to work in skating as much as possible, but you know, we also want to, I want to do everything at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Like I want to shoot everything. I want to work with tons of different brands. There's like, my goal is to work with brands that I like. You know, like I was, I was joking with my partner. I, I use Breathe Right strips like at night, you know, like to, to sleep. Open the airways. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I got a whole campaign for Breathe Right, like ready to go. You That's know, like anything I use, I'm always just like, oh, well, I have an idea. Because once you mm-hmm. use a product, you're like, well, I know how to, I know how I would talk about it totally. because I, I use it. So you're like sure, firsthand. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's something we want to do more of is just like reach out to brands that are mm. like, I don't know. I like you. I use your shit and like, we should make some stuff. I just marketing in general is fun. Like, yeah. I think it's fun to just like, you get to combine kind of like making shit with like something that makes you money, which is nice. Mm-hmm. How do you go about something like this? If you're brand new, do you just make a bunch of stuff or like, how do they know you're, I mean, you have no track record yet, right? For I mean, sure. how do you, or do you use CCS as kind of like a, hey, we kind of did this over here with CCS. Maybe yeah. Maybe you could do, you know, how do you do that? Kind of a blend. I think you take some of the stuff you've done mm-hmm. and like lessons you've learned. Like I think if you can show something you did and something you learned from that and why it was successful, I think that's, you know, how you want to go about, you know, reach out to someone and say, hey, I noticed, I think it's really about having it feel organic and be like, oh, you're doing similar, you know, stuff to mm-hmm. what this was. Or, you're, you know, you're, you're trying to talk to these people that we were talking to here or whatever. Like, I think it's just playing a game of being like, not just going after like, oh, this is, we're going after Coke because they have the biggest paycheck. It's like, no, like this makes sense and it's in our wheelhouse of what we understand and what we know. Oh, geared up. No, please continue. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so I don't know. Again, I don't know how it'll go, but um, Mm -hmm. our goal is to just like, I just, there's a lot of, a lot of agencies, a lot of people making stuff like marketing wise out for brands. And I think a lot of them do a great job and some of them, you know, are just kind of, I don't know. They're just, they're not really like going all in. They don't really like maybe necessarily care as much. And I get it. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's, it's hard to only work for people that you care about or brands that you're interested in. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, like our goal is definitely to just find, you know, sounds so like, you know, marketing, but find stories to tell. But really that is, you know, it's right, like, that's right. how you, like I said, the breathe, right? Like my story to tell is like, oh, I slept like shit because I didn't have a breathe right strip on. That's my, st- you know, I'm like, that's a story. That's everyone's <laughs> story, right? You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's as simple as that sometimes is like, because that's why do people need this? It's because of this. But uh, yeah, finding, finding spaces to kind of like make things, video and photo related content that kind of tells the stories for these brands in the right mm-hmm. way. And, and also just talks to like some younger people that may be like, dude, trust me. Talk, you ever talk to a 20 year old now? Like, I feel old. I'm intimidated sometimes, right? right? Like, I like, I go out with younger skaters and like for the first hour, I'm just like, oh God, they hate me. Like, they don't want, like, I don't even know how to talk to them, you know? I'm like, wet. There's so much of that. But then, like, I think about how much other people must feel in that, you know? And I'm like, I actually hang out sometimes with, you know, younger people and kind of like have, you're in the streets with kids and you're shooting photos and stuff and you're kind of just exposed to this younger generation. So the other goal with the marketing stuff is, I don't know, like, do you want to, like, 
not embarrass yourself in front of 22 year olds like maybe we can help you you know <laughs> like could help you because that's yeah that's <laughs> name of the game i think i love it man well uh congrats on that do you want to reveal the name of the company because I mean, people will be watching this in the future too maybe you can get a hold that's of it. true no it's, it's called kinzer which is uh, my middle name actually oh really yeah, nice. k-i-n-s-c-r it's a family that's your name middle name i have two middle names Ma- matthew kyle kinzer price Matthew Kyle Kinzer. Sounds, is there, is there, is there a degree or what happened? Is uh, there a hyphen in there? I was supposed to be called Kyle, I guess, and then mm. I looked like I, I looked like a Matthew, so they just threw Kyle in the middle. And well, Kinzer was already baby? there. That's I, little damn, baby. They said this is not a Kyle. This yeah, is a Matthew. yeah. I was yeah. told that I looked like a Matthew. That's oh. what. That's what. That's what the story is. But I don't. I don't know. I love it. I've never heard. They already had the name like set in cement. Like okay, we're using. We're Kyle's the name. They, yeah. And then they saw you. Like nope. <laughs> it's a Matthew. Yeah, exactly. This like, is when not you see a like Kyle. A, <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen a newborn baby? They look like a potato, like a yeah, blob. That, and that's like, why I'm. That's why it's mind blowing. Yeah, apparently I look like a blobby Matthew instead of a blobby Kyle, and they were like, oh, "That's the name." So I got two middle names. It sounds very regal, mm-hmm. you know. I would, when you say it all. But, uh, Are you the third or anything? Do we? No. Okay, because no, you could have been first. Matthew Kyle Kinzer. Price the third. It would sound really that good, would be wouldn't good. it? Right. Like, you know, yeah. the fourteenth or something. Just throw right. it in there, though. You know, I mean, that would mean there's a bunch of family money somewhere. <laughs> if you're Very like, if true. you're that far along in the lineage, but you could be Sir, <laughs> Sir Matthew, Matthew Kyle Kinzer Price the third. I would love mm. that. I could change my name tomorrow, Sir. It'd probably be good sir. for business. <laughs> Put that in. I think you have to you be, be Mister Sir. <laughs> I Whatever. think you have to be knighted to be sir. Oh, do you? Someone has to give you that. Yeah, you can't. Mm-hmm. Who? You can't be the same. Yeah. You could be doctor. You're born a sir. Uh, Richard yeah. Kimball. <laughs> Richard Kimball. So, again, someone has to call you a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Well, listen. Matthew, Kyle. Kinzer. Price. You almost forgot the most important word. Kinzer. The third. Price. No, we appreciate all of, all it. First of, of all, important. bro. First of all, I'm a big fan. Thanks always been a big me. fan. Thank uh, you guys. You've been a good friend all these years. And, uh, dude, just a big fan of the photography and everything. And, big and time. much success to everything you have going on with the Kinzer thank you, ad thank agency. You. Maybe we could do some TikToks together. You know I mean, maybe we'll make some shit together. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to, I'm working on my dance routines. <laughs> It's not all dancing, Chris. Oh, it's not? That's what we'll talk about in our first meeting. Oh, I'll okay. put you on. I'll okay. put you on to some. I do want to see him dance, though. Look at this. Yeah. Chris? Yeah. You want to see him we'll do this dance right here? Switchflip Manny. Switchflip huh? Manny dance. Yeah, I love dancing. it. Hey. We should shoot a Switchflip Manny sequence. You want to? On something small. Okay. You don't got to go big. Yeah. You got one we'll still? We'll do a little. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> one of my It wasn't one of my go-to tricks, I'll tell you that. How? How are you going to do <laughs> it on this? It's not your like. Well, you know, I mean, listen, we're talking 2003. We're talking about, I mean, we would go out and do one trick one time. That's and true. film it. Yeah. You built up on. to that moment and then yeah. it was like done. Stance. We did a collab with them. This is Look good. At that. This is good. Uh, Anybody, everybody loves socks. Everybody loves socks. Some stance socks. For Thank you. you. Get them. Uh, 1,000. Jerron was on the show. When he first got, yeah, I mean, we were... I mean, bro, you used 1,000, like 1,000 times on the show. That was, yeah, an experience It was an experience show. Was, you yeah. filled in for someone. Yeah, I filled in I think for maybe Steezus was gone and you filled in for him. Yep. And you, I was like, dude, this guy's going 1,000. 1,000, 1,000. And it just turned into something. And yeah. so we made a sweatshirt like of it. There you go. It's nice. That, it's subtle. 1,000. I was almost going to request. I was like, have Steezus here tonight. I love Steezus. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's not too far from here, actually. He's one of my favorites. Stickers. Thank you. Next person you're going to shoot for the cover make sure you slap one of these on Stick their board if you slap one of these on their board we'll split the it's 20 dollars per cover so okay. 10 for good. you 10 for the writer that's pretty good yeah. wow and also the switch flip manny mug here Boom. thank you thank Put you that in the 
when we used to have a item board company, Brimley, and we used to pay burrito incentive. You get Ooh. a burrito for if you had a photo. God, I'm starving right anywhere. now. That sounds so good. Yeah, you should have been uh, on Brimley. Yeti mug. Look at this coffee nightclub logo. Mm-hmm. Boom. That's mm-hmm. good. That's, this is gonna go. When I go to San Clemente and hang out with my mom, I'm gonna mm. fucking fit right in here because they all okay. have their little Stanley mugs and like my parents. You know, like mm. that's their thing. Okay. And now I'm gonna like keep my shit warm with them. That's right. <laughs> that's, good. that's right. Well, Matthew, you Kyle, Kinzer, Price. Thank you, dude. It's been an honor, yeah. privilege. Yeah, dude. Thank you so fun. much, dude. Fun Thanks. to talk. Yeah. Thank you. Brad. And well, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you. I'm, I, do people take you up on that? They do. Like, Sometimes. I'll just call yeah. you and be like, hey, can I come Monday? I got something to say. Uh, Maybe not so quick. Yeah. Maybe not so quick. Well, Maybe not, wait no, some... not like next Monday, but I mean like yeah. a year from now, if I'm like, hey, what's going on next Monday? Oh, like, yeah. I have oh, yeah, yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. 100%. I'll be like, I mean, now you're in. You're in. So we, you know, if you've got some club, stuff yeah. going on, we want to talk about some interesting shit. Come on down. I'm in the club. You're on The Price is Right. Thank you. Thank you.